This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? Does anybody here believe it? We are from Arkansas, no. <laughs> So while we were in the kitchen, like making our cocktails, getting our water, like all this stuff, our prep that we do before we start recording. Pre-gaming. I was uh, belting out Colors of the Wind. Mm-hmm. And Tim was like, don't blow your, vo- <laughs> your voice out before we get started. <laughs> yep. But voice is still intact. I cut it off early. <laughs> uh, Pocahontas was my kindergarten backpack, by the way. Special, special place. And I love that Miko. You got me a Miko Funko mm-hmm. for my old desk. Mm-hmm. Love me a funny raccoon, you know, that eats, that loves to eat. Every crumb. Yes, every crumb. He licks his finger and... Gathers all the crumbs. I mean, who can blame him? <laughs> okay, so we're on episode f- 56, and this is the Jeremy episode. Okay. Before we get into it, though, recapping, we do have a few orders of business. Once again, I will take your order. So first of all, just today, uh, breaking news, but it'll be passed by the time this, <laughs> by the time this actually airs. But Pest's appeal has been denied, mm-hmm. so his conviction has been upheld. So good news. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was fucking shaky. I mean, his entire defense was shaky. Oh, Obviously, yeah. they have a job to do. They can't just be like, "Well, we got nothing." Like you know, <laughs> we're not fucking stupid. Like they have to do their job and Mm -hmm. uphold the system but i mean um the fact that their defense was so not great yeah goes to show how much it was they didn't have anything you know so then their appeals were also yeah like their grounds for appeals were Mm -hmm. not great and as we see that you know time and time again it's proven so yep we're good there second order of business is oh famey she go fame. <laughs> she goes, she can't help herself. She got a fame. So yes or was it yesterday at this point? I don't know, whatever. Um, I think yesterday at this point, maybe the day before. She posted a video on her TikTok. I had Tim actually watch this before we got started so he could be informed. Mm-hmm. So Famey posted a video on her TikTok with Deanna doing doing the whole thing I've talked about before. Those two really like <laughs> feed off each other. Mm-hmm. It's a whole energy vibe there. Mm-hmm. So she starts it off very, she's fucking giddy. She is chomping. And she was just like, big news, big news. You know, like, I forget exact words, but it's basically just like, big news. And it's that they saw Anna for the first time in years. Oh, uh, so It's like, you know, I like chisme as much as the next person. <laughs> like, That's gossip. <laughs> 
But this just feels messy and not like good mess. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's it's not the good kind. And um, so she sees Anna and she and Deanna describe her as looking ticked at the world. I haven't heard somebody say ticked in a long time. That's like up there with my mom saying, like, stick it up your butt. Like, she was always like, I was ticked, you know. Mm-hmm. So she talks about seeing Anna and then kind of, like, being just a few inches away from her and then pats her back and, like, says her name. It's like, Anna. And apparently Anna said, and this is, the, I'm doing this in the way Femi does it, mm-hmm. reenacting. Just give me space. And she was just like, I didn't, you know, so I gave her space. I didn't make it a big deal. Meanwhile, she's broadcasting this on TikTok immediately <laughs> after, but, you know, not a big deal. No, no. Nothing like that. Um, but I, one thing I find very interesting, she just very casually mentions that this is all taking place at a viewing. Yeah. Not the time or the place. Mm-mm. Wildly inappropriate. I have personal... Pickle the Month Club people know that I have personal experience in one of the... The first thing I ever shared in our Pickle mm-hmm. Club. Inappropriate. Inappropriate conversations at a at viewing. Funerals, Literally yeah. at a viewing. Say the viewing <laughs> is what, like, I mean... Yeah. Not the time, not the place. Wildly inappropriate. Um, so this is one of those things where I'm, I'm not an Anna stan. I'm not, I'm not a stana. Hey, there it is. I'm with Anna on this one. Like... Mm-hmm. Not, not the time now. Or place. Not fucking now. Mm-hmm. Not do. And you know, she probably doesn't want to talk to her. Period. And I think Anna probably doesn't want to talk to anybody that mm-hmm. has spoken out. Period. So I, I understand that. But still, in this situation, I'm like, no, not the no. And like, there's the added layer of fame going fame. Like oh, every yeah. interaction with her is probably that way. So it's like count all of the other things that have happened. Like I just don't want to deal with it. Well, yeah, because in the bigger picture. Amy just inserts herself any chance she can, as often as she can. Mm-hmm. So it, it hits that point where it's like you're creating it so that the the concern you you say that you have starts to feel disingenuous. Yeah, because it feels famy, you know. Um, it's like you really like you have to think about your delivery in these such. Like, I mean, because a homegirl, this is not it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if you actually want to help, like, this is not it. This is not the way yeah. to constantly be talking about it every cho- every chance you can. I mean, the actual victims and actually family actual family members don't talk about it mm-hmm. near as much as her. Um, obviously, it's because they can't, like, for, for multiple reasons. And I understand mm-hmm. that there's reasons and nuance. To, I get that. Mm-hmm. But she's just, it's just the insertion is what, yeah. you know is what I'm talking about. Um, and this is docu-series aside, because, I mean, that was fine. Whether it was her actually just behaving like an adult or they edited her really well, mm-hmm. that came off fine. I'm okay with that. It's the everything else. It's the anytime she can interview for the sun, anytime she can do that, anytime she can be in, in touch, mm-hmm. anytime she can be in people. It's just, it's fucking constant. Yeah. And with her, any response... Every single response that she has to any criticism of how often she's doing this stuff is always just like, I will never stop standing up for children and I will never. And it's like, it's Make she, it about those. Yes. Yeah, she turns into that when it's like, you're, you're missing the point. That's mm-hmm. not, 
You're not yeah. helping here. Yes, like that's the point. You're like, you know, like yeah, like and you you just struggle with her because it's like I'm not saying you don't get to have feelings about this. I'm not saying it didn't mm-hmm. affect your life. I'm not saying you know. I'm not saying that this is something. It's the insertion, and then you never fucking shut up about it. And just the way it's framed, she yes. started that by saying, "Oh my god, oh guys, my, I have like big hand, news." The hands in the air, the way she like lifted her hand yeah. in the air, it was like I've got juicy fucking gossip. You don't. It, like you know, it was. You approached a woman at a viewing, and she didn't want anything to do with you. <laughs> like the whole thing is just very odd, and I just don't think she sees the issue in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah, um, and then. Go figure, like a couple hours ago in her stories, she's wearing like a nice blouse and it's like getting ready for an interview with the Daily Mail. And I'm like, <laughs> it just gets, what do you think the Daily Mail interview is about, Tim? Yeah. Probably about uh running into Anna, like another outlet. Like your TikTok <laughs> yeah. wasn't enough. Like this is what it, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we mean. So I know there's been some people that will be like, you're too hard on Amy. But I'm like, you know, and I, I, I feel bad for the things that she went through in her childhood mm-hmm. i think that she faced a lot of abuse i think there's a lot of stuff i think she was affected by the duggar stuff mm-hmm. but i feel like at the same time you can also be like if you want people to think you're being genuine about this and actually standing up for so you need to take it down about 10 notches <laughs> you know yeah so so what you're saying is like don't go to the daily mail the second you can so, like, if Jibaloon Man was still trying to get, like, interviews because he had an interaction with Josh, that would be the same idea. Yep. That's oh. a callback, by the way, because Jibaloon Man we haven't talked about for a while. For a while. My boy. I just thought of something that you don't know that I think will speak to. I keep saying she inserts herself. Mm-hmm. Here's something that you don't know, Tim. She at one point was all in the fucking media about how she approached Josh and said, why didn't you ever try, you know, when the molestation stuff came out, Mm -hmm. why didn't you ever try anything with me? And apparently he said to her, because I knew you'd kick my ass. And she said, yeah, you're right. I would kick your ass. But do you see what I mean? Like, I feel like that whole thing, you're just, you're overdoing it. Mm -hmm. Way overdoing it. Like pull back a a little bit, please. So, anyways, I just felt like I had to address that. It's just yep. like, here she goes. <laughs> here she goes again, yeah. <laughs> and we can appreciate the things that she's saying that are true, and we can appreciate them, but then also be like, you need to stop. <laughs> okay, so final order of business. I mean, I really wanted to put this at the top of the list, but I've decided maybe the appeal being denied and Femi maybe of higher importance to other people. Okay. Top tier for me though. So last week we talked about doing the do, the hard do's. <laughs> this week I want to talk to you guys about tots. So in the world of tots, Tim and I actually have there's the supreme of all minced potato products, if you will. <laughs> the crispy crown, right? Mm-hmm. So if anybody doesn't know what a crispy crown is, it is a flat version of a tater tot. Gets fucking oh, those bitches get crispy. Way better than a tot, especially for home. It's like a checker. Like if you're playing checkers, it's like the size of those cuz it's like a little bit thicker and they're delicious. Yeah. Granted, they can be hard to find in stores. Some stores don't carry them here. Like there there are number 1 over a tot. I will pick a crispy crown over a tot any day. They got to be crispy though. 
But sometimes you can't even find them in store. So it actually, if you really want to try Krispy Crown, go to Burger King for breakfast. That's what they use for hash browns. So mm-hmm. there's a good way if you can't find them in the stores. But I will say, I bought the Arida mini tots. And because they're small, those bitches get crispy. Yeah. And I made them the other night and I was like, still top form. It's not a crispy crown, but it is as crispy as a crispy crown. Yeah. So those are your options, people. Regular tots, meh. But a crispy crown or a Rida mini tot. And I feel like those to give you some context, those mini tots are like the size of like an like a foam ear plug. Yeah. That's you know. a good yeah, that's a good way to Mm-hmm. They got nice and crispy. In the air fryer, they turned out like they were in a deep fryer. Like they were out of a fryer, yeah. Yeah, it was very good. Very good. Had them with our salads for dinner. <laughs> Nothing like a potato product in a salad as a meal. It's very good. Well, those were orders of business. Does that complete your order? That it completes my business. <laughs> okay, so for the actual recap, this episode is called Duggers at the Doctor. So, spoiler alert on a square. There you go. Are you marking now? Sure. Okay. I saw you reaching, so. Okay, so this episode premiered on October 13th of 2009. And um, I just wanted to ask him, now that I felt like I bursted your bubble last week about Jill and the whole hair thing. Did you notice that it's in the every intro? Now, now it's boring. But did you see it? You took the joy out of it. Did you see it? No, mm-hmm. Joy's still in there. But I'm nah, boom. There Merp. it is. She did it, guys. Um, but did you notice? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I was... Because I, I made a comment that there's only two other people that have any personality in those intros. Okay. Would you like and, to? And it's Jamesy Bug, because he does peekaboo. He's getting real buggy. Yep. The and bugginess then... is shining through. <laughs> and then the one that looks like Chicken Little, Jackson, uh, just kind of like waves his hand at the at the camera. So. <laughs> pay attention i don't remember that but all the rest of them are just you know sitting and smiling but those are the three that had personality got it but it top chef still went through my head yep okay so the episode starts by showing that it's 8 30 a.m and everyone is still asleep but lego comes out of their bedroom already rocking the phone belt clip He's in like jeans, like a like white, a white shirt, undershirt type feel. But he's still rocking that belt clip. Yep. Homie, homie couldn't even be bothered to use his pockets this early. No, so I think our theory from last week that he wears it to bed is pretty sound at this point. <laughs> he may even wear his jeans to bed. I'm, I'm not sure. He wears his jeans for everything else, which you'll see in the future. But oh um, I'm not convinced he doesn't wear jeans and the belt clip to bed. I mean, I'm not convinced. So does this mean we could technically count inappropriate tire- attire for everything because they're sleeping in jeans? <laughs> I mean, some of the little boys are. That's what's funny. Um, and then the girls sleep in polos and jean skirts, which is, you know, oh, I've never f- felt more. C- that sounds so comfy. <laughs> I have never felt more relaxed than hearing jean, skirt, and polo. Oh, man. Puts me to sleep. Ready for bed. And then we get a tease for another square because we see him blow drying his hair and brushing it, but no hairspray. No hair. Yeah. Fucking they, tease. They kept that hairspray. Ugh, they got us. So they're up getting ready because he and baby Cannon have a double date with Pest and Anna to have appointments with Dr. Sarver. Mm-hmm. 
cut over to the pest premises. And Pest is acting like he, you know, he acts like he had to get up at like 3 a.m. or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's ridiculous. And he says, oh, very. He says, it's really early in the morning. I don't know. I didn't know people could get up this early. As we watch him sleepily put his socks on his gross ass feet (laughs) and rub the sleep out of his eyes as he shaves. Mm -hmm. So dramatic. (laughs) Anna is 30 weeks along, and at this point, um, Cannon will find out how far along she is. So this is her first mm-hmm. appointment since like, getting a positive test. Or, you know, what is it? He says, like, test tube. Oh, she has, like, a she's test a tube, and she's like, tube, pregnancy yeah. test. <laughs> He's such a fucking oh, buffoon. <laughs> so Cannon also rehashes how she was surprised to be pregnant and thought that she was in the season of life where she couldn't get pregnant anymore so this was a big surprise was it (laughs) anna says what we're all thinking and says quote it's unusual to have a mother-in-law that's expecting and not along not as far along as you and she tacks on you know we could be great could be grandparents and going to one of our younger siblings weddings (laughs) such as that of a fundy family oh man and right after this, we catch a glimpse of Michelle being the most like a mother I've seen in a playful sense, at least, mm-hmm. that I can remember on the show. And she's running after Jennifer and like catching her. And she's like, gotcha, and like picks mm-hmm. her up. And it's like, I don't, that's the first time I remember being like, mm-hmm. oh, look at her be like a parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Pest and Anna roll up to pick up Lego and Cannon. And Pest is over here with the theatrics. As soon as he puts the car in park, he instantly reclines his seat and lets out this like huge dramatic sigh. <laughs> like the giant man baby that he is. Which is kind of a insult to babies, but you know. <laughs> Does um, this count as Pest going Pest? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I have it. <laughs> So just so everybody's tracking, in case you weren't picking up on his, you know, subtlety, um, he's tired. <laughs> and the best part, though, is Anna's initial reaction. She's looking at him, more, more glaring at him, and she's kind kind of like, "What the fuck?" It's the dude? "Are you kidding?" Yeah, me? yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's just like, ugh. And then. She she shoved her real feelings aside because she remembers that, you know, she's an IBLP wife. Mm. And then she kind of like laughs a little and like pats his leg. But for a few seconds, I feel like we saw how she really feels. Mm-hmm. It was like the, are you fucking kidding me? Like you had to wake up one. Like part of me is like, when does his car lot open? <laughs> like noon? Like because he, it's seriously like eight something in the morning and he's just like, oh, I didn't know people got up this early. It's like, <laughs> grow the fuck up, dude. Yeah. But you and you can tell in that moment she's like, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but then she's like, Oh shit, smile, laugh. <laughs> Give him a pat. It feels like last week with Cannon and like the kiss when she mm-hmm. was just like, Oh yeah, I'm having too much feeling. <laughs> in a talking head, Anna says I tend to be more of an early bird than Josh. He has a tendency to have a harder time waking up right away. Whereas for me, a lot of times when I wake up, I'm like, time to go. Uh, time to run. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So all of them arrive at the doctor's office, which we already 
preemptively covered that square. Mm-hmm. And Lego says to the receptionist, I'm here because my wife's having a baby and my baby's having a baby. <laughs> Very unnatural coming Way from him. Way to make it awkward. Like, calling, like, he, mm-hmm. I'm like, you calling Pest your baby just doesn't feel natural. Yeah. I feel like a mutt, like, I don't know, if, like, Michelle, even then, I don't know how natural that'd be, but it's, like, a little more believable, but Pest being, like, my baby having a baby is, just, I mean, or Lego, having, my baby having a baby is just, like, a little much, you know? Yeah. I also realized that as they're walking in, there's scenes of them, like, getting out of the elevator, holding the door, and, like, walking through a door, and Pest and Anna cannot stop holding hands. And I'm like, will you fucking let her hand go? Like, (laughs) we get it. This guy bones. But will you please, like, just let her walk through a door naturally? It felt awkward. And I think about that a lot whenever we go to Disneyland. Because you obviously see, like, younger couples that are in, like, waiting in line for a ride. And it's, like, not natural for them to be holding hands when they're, like, trying to go through a certain, like, queue line. And I'm like, will you let her go for 30 seconds so you guys can move forward? That's how this felt. It was, like, every day of high school where I was just like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, we get it. Or, like, they'd be in, like, the fucking lunch line. I'm like, let her get her fucking spicy chicken sandwich for a second. (laughs) Like, let it go. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But they, but, I mean, that's their mentality. It's very high school. They're mm-hmm. so stunted. Like, yeah. this is all so brand new for them that their their actions are very juvenile. Mm-hmm. So Anna has her visit first. They listen to the heartbeat. Not much to report on that. But at the end, he has to mention one more time how tired he is in case we all didn't know. And she's, like, sitting on his lap. And he's, like, healthy baby, healthy mama. And, like, they both kind of say, healthy daddy. And he goes, he's just tired. (laughs) So Anna's over here fucking growing a human being. (laughs) But he's tired. (laughs) Just so everybody knows. He had to get up at, like, 8 a.m. Man. Anna's fucking growing a human being, has been sick for months, has to live with you, but (laughs) you're tired. As far as canon goes, it turns out she's much further along than she thought, because she's nine weeks. Yep. And Lego announces how he got the sex as a Father's Day gift, basically. It's basically what he's saying. And he says, it looks like she got pregnant on Father's Day, so it was a Father's Day gift. Awkward. Fucking gross. Awkward. Um, It's like, you could have just, like, left that part out, but he wants to consistently (laughs) remind us that, like... This dude bones. He bones on the reg. So this means in theory, and I say a little foreshadowing, in theory, their first grandchild will be five months older Mm -hmm. than their child. Yep. Um, And just let go. He just won't let it go. Because then when Dr. Sarver comes in the room with the printed out ultrasound photos, he says... This is quite the Father's Day gift. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, we know. We're, she she is fully aware. Like, the doctor, <laughs> she is fully aware you have sex. You don't have to keep selling this. Yeah. Everybody gets it. <laughs> we don't understand it, but we accept it. <laughs> so, Dr. Sarver says, says, um, Michelle is just one of those people that's made to have babies. She's good at it. That's every IBLP head of household um, 
That's their justification for all of this. They're just good at it. Yeah. That's what they're here for. She says she's good at it. Like, we're talking about, like, being athletic or, like, having a knack for sports or, like, playing the piano or something. She's really good at crocheting. (laughs) She's just really good at having babies. (laughs) Now, the next scene starts off on a high note. And by high note, it's more like high blood pressure. Because Lego says one of the things that I hate most in this world. (laughs) He says, I'm going to be the official babysitter today. (laughs) Which enrages me because it's not babysitting when it's your your own child, you fucking fuck face. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's not babysitting. Yeah. Oh, it makes me so mad. So this gives us a boob has to parent square. Yeah, this one was like built for this. Yep. Um, but you know, maybe our square should actually be Boop has to babysit because that's what he <laughs> always calls it. He doesn't parent, he babysits. So he follows up the official babysitter with, it's going to be kind of difficult without mama here. But we all know the real issue is that the older girls are going away, away yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, this wouldn't be a problem and there wouldn't be a need for a babysitter mm-hmm. the lack of michelle is not the issue here. <laughs> so they're all going to a consignment sale and up in fort smith which if you remember fort smith lake was where they went on one of their honeymoon destinations oh, okay it's about like an hour ish away if i remember correctly so um he's explaining this i think it was to jackson i don't remember exactly but as he's explaining all that, there's various pop-up boxes on the screen mm-hmm. saying how Lego makes a living renting out commercial p- properties and that he usually spends his day, you know, speaking with clients and checking on properties. And then the final box says, this is not a normal day. <laughs> Which kind of feel like TLC's way to throw shade that he doesn't normally parent his own children. 100%. But under the guise of like his, well, his normal like work day. They had to justify yeah. it by saying he usually works. So like here, the, the comparison is like a normal work day, but it's like so they could like get away with it more. Yeah. But it feels like this is not a normal day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think there was a line in there and it's not verbatim, but it's something like, Lego said something along the lines of like, it's nice to have the parent role every once in a while to appreciate what the women do. And it was kind of goes along the same lines of you. Like I get annoyed by that same thing of like, you're not a parent sometime regardless of gender. Yeah. You're a parent all the time and you may have different roles. You may have different things you do, but it's not like you're just not a parent most of the time. Like that's, I feel like that's a kind of, ineffective way to parent you know what i mean oh yeah yeah um he doesn't parent no he, he doesn't. dictates certain things and that's it but he doesn't parent yeah there was a lot of things in this episode that they kind of spoke to in shiny happy people where they were saying that tlc presented this buffoonery or this level of you know mental abuse or emotional abuse or lack of responsibility or all these things and packaged it in a way that made it seem look like at this guy. charm. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just an idiosyncrasy. Lots of, lots of kids, but look at the fun they have, and look yeah. at the dad. Like he's he's slipping down slides. Then Cannon says, 
Dad by himself with all the little ones and no girls is going to be hard. He's going to have his work cut out for him. And then it just it just gets worse because then Boob says, oh, I think this is what you were referring to, actually. Because then Boob says, it's good for me to be here and have that full responsibility once in a while mm-hmm. so I can see what uh, what mom and the girls do every day. The girls. Yep. The so girls, yeah. I think that you was what you were referring mom. to. Yep. Oh. Uh, and there's just so much detail in like a one minute span of the show, like maybe like a two minute span, like at most, where I wrote like a shit ton of notes. Um, just an added funny though, Jill is doing Jennifer's hair mm-hmm. and Lego asks, hey, do you want me to try to fix your hair? And she very quickly says, no. No. <laughs> it's like she can barely talk, but when it counts, when it matters, <laughs> she can fucking talk. She's like, nope. <laughs> and everybody kind of laughs. Yep. And it's just, it's truly pathetic because you see Jana walking Lego around mm-hmm. and explaining things and showing him a note uh, that's hung up like on like the serving area of like their, mm-hmm. their back kitchen with lunch and dinner options. Because as Michelle explains, quote, we didn't prepare food in advance. So there's no telling what they're going to do for food. Which is fucking pathetic. One of my, and you know this, one of my least favorite TV tropes for a long time was the put the dad in some sort of domestic situation where he has to be a parent and watch him fail. Like, I hate the buffoon dad trope in a lot of shows. But it's a trope for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I feel like Mr. Mom did it in a way where it didn't before it became a thing because then it was like every sitcom it was like look at the idiot dad try to do all these things and i feel like different shows handle it in different in better ways at times one of my favorites is from roseanne and it's when roseanne starts working again and then she's talking to dan about how he needs to get dinner on the table and he's like runs out of time because he got off of work late and picked up the kids and then he's like we're gonna order pizza so he, you know my line, and I yeah, love it. Yeah, you talked he, about it on here too. Yeah. <laughs> and he picks up the phone and he looks at DJ and he goes, "What do you want in your pizza?" And what does DJ say? Pineapple. And he goes, "Pineapple." And DJ goes, "I like it because it's, it's yellow." yellow. <laughs> and he's and he looks at him for a second with like that, "Are you kidding me?" Look that Anna had earlier. And then he goes, "This ain't a luau, Don Ho." <laughs> yeah. Oh. But to curtain all of that, it's literally, I don't like that trope, how it's handled most of the time, but this is real. He is so... But, the, but it exists. The trope exists for a reason, not though. Not prepared. You should be able to put food on the table for your kids and not have it to be Oh, yeah. you like sh- They shouldn't be that concerned that they're leaving for two meals and that you don't have everything completely prepped and ready on like a fucking platter for him. Like That's mm-hmm. pathetic. And it also doesn't need to be like a cool, everything's planned out 100%, but there shouldn't be that much worry about you providing sustenance for your children. They were legitimately worried. Well, like, I know that they would, like, we, not even joke, it's because it's ridiculous, but the whole thing about him being a babysitter, but they're treating him like a babysitter. The way I would go over to my sister's house, Mm -hmm. and before they left, it would be like, and here's the this, and this is here, and this is here. The Mm -hmm. way I get walked through... You're watching watch children in a home of that I don't live in and they aren't my children is the way he is being walked through this situation. It's in his fucking own home. pathetic. Mm-hmm. 
And as Jana is showing Lego the note, um, he points to Jennifer sitting on the counter eating a banana. And he points at her and he says, she's getting her own banana right there. And uh, meanwhile, she's eating the peel and everything. <laughs> that banana had a peel. <laughs> Merp. That's pretty funny. Then he says, they do so much around here, just keeping everything going. And without them, I feel kind of helpless. He pronounced M wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he, he pronounced, it's weird. He, you know, he pronounced it like feel, but it's I am helpless. <laughs> feel you are. And everything through the rest of the scene before the girls leave is that IBLP standard of I'm asking with genuine concern, but I have to package it behind a smiling, sweetly veneer. Like all of her, I wrote on here, I'm like, Baby Cannon's asking questions really nicely, but underneath there's like legitimate worry. Oh, like, yeah, what yeah, am I yeah. Gonna walk For real. Into? No, yeah. she really does. Um, because then can she's like gathering her stuff mm-hmm. and she says, just take care of our babies, please. And like, she like, <laughs> there's like emphasis on the please. Like there's like uh, an extension of the E. Like she's like, just take care of our babies, please. Yep. She's concerned. <laughs> Legitimately worried that one of these kids is going to be gone and he's not going to notice. I don't feel like it's played up. Like, no. I feel like this is fucking real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's sad. And he pr- replies with the same jackass line that we've heard before. Oh, hey, it'll all be here when you get back. He's such a fucking asshole. Like, you know, like, he's, yeah, like. He's just babysitting. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember before it was like kind of, it was, I remember when he was laying in bed with this before when they were leaving and it was like mm-hmm. almost like referring to like all of like the mess, like all of it, like all right. of it's going to be here when you get back. We know, buddy. We know. And then our dancing king, little Jackson, he's saying how he should pray for mom to have a good trip. And then Cannon says, I mean, this is where I'm saying, like, I think this is for real. Her concerns, like she's saying this in a ha ha, it's real. Because she says, thank you, Jackson. I think it would be a good good for you to pray for daddy, too. <laughs> roasted. That's I snort laughed at that. That's that's Christian speak for roasting. Like, roasted. You know what I mean? You might want to pray for dad. <laughs> like, she's oh. legitimately concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Legit. Yep. So they go and they pick up... Um, Anna, and she has brought the pillow, by the way. Did you notice that? I did not. So, yeah, she's coming out of, like, their, she's walking in their carport towards the car, and she's holding the pillow for her little road trip since it's Damn. about an hour away. Guess she just couldn't stand to be away from Pess fabric-y likeness for a day. <laughs> Who could stand that? <laughs> it's too much. Um... I also don't think it's on purpose, but Anna and Cannon are matching. I'm very glad you put that. They're wearing the exact same lime green maternity shirt. Mm-hmm. I do you think? I don't think it's on purpose. I think that they both probably just have a handful of the same ones and wore them on the same day. Fast forward. There's a scene at the end of them walking next to each other and yeah. talking, and you can also see that they're wearing the same color brown skirt. So I feel like it's absolutely planned. 
Okay. See, it I is, because if it was a different, if she was, if one of them was wearing like a jean skirt, you'd be like, okay, whatever. No, they, they are have wearing so many options. The same shade of dark brown, the same white undershirt, the same lime green polo. I feel like it was planned. Okay. So either way, they're matching. We're on different ends of the planned versus not planned spectrum, but it doesn't matter because either way, it's a square. It is just funny to see them wearing the exact same thing. Mm. I mean, that's just like a fucking trip. You're like, oh, here they are, both pregnant and fucking matching. (laughs) Looking like mint chocolate chip ice cream over here. It is a sight. I will say that during the point where Cannon's, during the praying scene, I realized leading into that, as she's saying these very worrisome comments, she's also trying to like like ease it down by adoringly gazing at him i did notice that i did not notice but i will take your word for it yeah so that's almost even worse because she's like saying these things where there's real concern underneath them but then she's like everything's fine let me look at him sweetly so yeah but it's like i kind of like before like let me say this kind of real thing seal it with a kiss Mm -hmm. let me show concern but then gaze at you adoringly it's like (laughs) anna is like are you fucking kidding me oh here let me pat you and laugh like it's it's always tempered by yes. something else. Mm. It's like they they're like, "Oh shit, whenever their real feelings are <laughs> are hanging out, they have to combat it with some sort of being like being this reaffirmation." You know? yes. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's real like when you just watch it really quickly, but it's like when you really stop and dissect it like that, you're mm-hmm. like, "This really fucking sad." When you posted the visuals about them putting up the paper last time and and you could hear her in her voice yes. being like stuck. <laughs> Yeah, that, that I felt that yes in my oof, soul. <laughs> yep, same. So they they've arrived at the sale now, and it's like Mad Dash kind of sale, like Black Friday vibes. Open the doors, and everybody's trying to like not run but run at the same time. <laughs> like they're doing like the hustle shuffle. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yep. like they're speed walking in the Olympics. <laughs> yes, um, and they're looking for all things baby for Anna, and it's like the type of gigantic sale where it's like. You rip off the bottom portion of the ticket, and that's how you claim it, type thing. And it's so, like a room full of strollers, and then a room full of this, and a room full of that. Yeah. But like, just to give you an idea of like prices, it's like twenty dollars for a stroller, mm-hmm. thirty dollars for a whatever. You know, it's like kind of cheap. Like mm-hmm. they're looking at pack and plays and all the those type of big ticket items. Mm-hmm. It's basically Doug Girls Gone Wild over here. They're like <laughs> rushing around and it is like, you know, they're away from ev- the responsibilities. They can go mm-hmm. fucking wild. They get to spend money, but still buying used and saving the difference. Nobody says it, though. I, I was no- so, it's so it. dumb. Yeah. I was just like, this should be an episode where you'd hear it, mm-hmm. but you didn't. And as if it can't get worse, the hits keep on a coming. And then Baby Cannon says, Dad has said more than once, the Lord knew we needed big girls on the front end to help. Oh, man. Help us keep up with the little boys in the middle. It's just perfect. <laughs> help, she yeah. says. I think that's uh, it's kind of diminishing. That's kind of downplaying. You're, you're burying the lead there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. There's two lines she says during this part that I was like, rough. Do you know what the other one was? Mm-hmm. What is it? It's later on. Oh, okay. Um, so then it flashes back at Legoland, and Lego says, about every 30 minutes um, around here, we have a major minor emergency. And as he's saying this, we kind of see, you know, the kids running around like mm-hmm. crazy, running amok. 
then Johanna hits her head on the tile as she's mm-hmm. playing with him and like two of the others. I didn't even catch who exactly. But like, yeah, she like goes back, like head back and like slams her head on the tile. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we even get to see little Jennifer sliding head first, stomach down, down the entirety of the staircase. Mm-hmm. It's probably good that there's a cameraman watching the entire thing, so she wasn't entirely unsupervised, but not somebody's super- watching her. But not supervised by the babysitter in charge. <laughs> it's a whole thing. And then Boob announces, I'm going to fix a gourmet meal for you guys that you're really going to enjoy. So Tim, you are finally mm-hmm. three seasons in. All like three and three quarters of a season in. You're finally introduced to Lego's gourmet barbecue tuna. He always calls it gourmet. In the future, you'll see him say, it tastes like a gourmet barbecue. And the Lost Boys are out here being fucking feral like like they do. Jason has his mouth on the can opener. Yep, I saw that. (laughs) Like on like the mm-hmm. like the handle part, like you'd like squeeze. Mm-hmm. So first it was the fucking crutch, and now it's a can opener. <laughs> this kid has a fucking oral fixation. Oral fixation get, yeah. get him a che- get him a chewy, you know. <laughs> get him something because this kid clearly has a fixation. Uh, so TLC puts this recipe up on the <laughs> screen, and I'm being generous. With the recipe, you know, yeah. verbiage. Because it's four cans of tuna, and then it says, lots of barbecue sauce. Lots. How many ounces are in a lot? Um, And when he assembles the sandwich, she even drizzles more barbecue sauce on top. So it is swimming. And I do want to say that he's using, like, basic, or I guess, like, basic level, like, Casey Masterpiece, I think is the name. And that barbecue sauce is so sweet. Mm-hmm. It is so like molasses and brown sugary sweet. So think about that with the, all that canned tuna. So it's already mixed in with the tuna and then they put more. It's like it didn't mm-hmm. stop with the second drizzle. We're we, enough already. <laughs> That's a, You know what? That's like a theme with Lego. Enough already. <laughs> They're also eating it on whole grain bread, which I know you do not like. Don't love it. I love a good, a good like nine grain. I love the chewiness of those, those little pumpkin seeds. But yeah, Whitney's not. I don't a think fan. they had fucking pumpkin seeds. No, it was they very. Have, it they was have commodity. Aldi, like they have Aldi dyed brown bread. Yeah, <laughs> there's a difference between actual wheat bread and like like grain bread and like we had some caramel like, color. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Like when I was a little kid, um, my parents used to eat uh, Roman meal. Roman meal wheat bread. That was what I grew up on. Whatever store brand white is what we got. <laughs> how how appropriate. I was going to say, yeah. Seems fitting. We ate the brown bread. <laughs> and we ate the white bread. <laughs> Makes sense. Yep. And then Jed. Jed Jed. The, the OJ. OJ. <laughs> he tells the camera that he doesn't really like it. And a pop-up on the screen says that 16 out of 20 Duggars enjoy this recipe. Again, very generous <laughs> with the word recipe. Oh, man. Um, very generous. Got anything else on that? Um, Just a little bit of something right at the scene. They have this scene of Lego calling Baby Cannon while they're at the store, while they're at the sale. 
and it he was just like well yeah we're we're you know we got this going on and the kids are doing homework and he's like giving her a sit rep and i'm like she doesn't need this sit rep like leave her alone and let her be at this sale and do her thing because it just felt so base and then i was like it felt like the equivalent of like i haven't killed any of our kids yet so uh i guess i'm doing pretty good right like yeah. give me some praise my kids are fine like that's what it felt. He might as well have been going, everything's fine, I'm fine, everything's fine here, it's fine, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. Very convincing, Lego. Like, very convincing that everything's fine. It may have been TLC forced phone calls. On reality shows, they force a lot of phone calls. It definitely was. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's like, as long as the fucking place isn't on fire, it's all going to be here when she gets back, <laughs> you know? That's the only thing that could ruin it. Yep. There is one reference in this when he says the kids are doing homework, they show them on the computer. And I got such a hit of an unlocked core memory because one of the kids had a program open that was called Mavis Beacon Teaches Typing. And it was this woman in like a business suit and she had like her arms crossed like she was on a lawyer poster. But it was a thing to like it was just a very She's on a basic, billboard somewhere. Pretty much, yeah. On a on a uh, bus bench somewhere you know <laughs> but it was very basic and i remember talking to my old cooks about this and they were all like we remember t- using this program in like computer lab. i didn't see my school was kind of different though i had a very different setting so i don't know mm-hmm. what you're talking about yeah so it's called if anybody out there remembers mavis beach mavis beacon teaches typing it was definitely like an, a core memory well dang i can't I don't know of this. That's unfortunate. And then this one's mostly a shout out from people that like references. There's a song that was playing that's a Childish Gambino song. And when he was singing it, it sounded like he was saying Mavis Beacon in the song. So I was listening to that after I was done with this episode. So stay woke, Mavis Beacon. (laughs) (laughs) So back at the sale, Cannon and... Anna Pajama are strolling mm-hmm. through the aisles, kind of like you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking and, you know, Anna's getting advice from Mrs. Duggar, as she calls her. I, I still crack up because later on, like I said, we'll hear what she calls her later. Mm-hmm. So just in these early days when she's still calling her Mrs. Duggar, it just is kind of <laughs> funny to me. Okay. Um, and I guess Anna refers to her as a baby encyclopedia, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> and she says that she knows it all, I guess. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of it. Do you have anything else to say? I mean, it shows Boob doing Bible time with the littles. And then again on the phone with them saying, (laughs) like, they're like telling him that they're on their way home. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I think it was excited. We were on our way back. And that's, that's kind of it for me. That is kind of it. Um, there was the second cringy line that Cannon said while she was there was when the girls were getting something from like the middle they were pulling the tag off of whatever item they wanted to buy and she was like well it's just great bringing the girls all i have to do is just stand here and let them do all the shopping and i was like that shouldn't be off brand for you that is your every day of your life like it's stand around and let the girls take care of it (laughs) you know but you know what for her she got away from lego Mm. she got this is still like this is like the best day ever because (laughs) it's all the normal shit she doesn't have to do plus more that she doesn't have to do but you know what she did have to do she drove that's true she actually said i'm used to being chauffeured and she's like i'm driving Mm -hmm. 
And I also noticed on the back of this SUV, there was no Mike Huckabee sticker. But do you know what there was a sticker I, I didn't even see, no. And en- Enlighten me. It was the Apple sticker that you get with all of Apple products. Oh, it wasn't an iPray? It, all it was was a logo. It wasn't any, there was no words around it. They, like, even Pest, like, last episode was wearing, like, the iPray mm-hmm. shirt. Yep, huh. I remember. Maybe you can zoom in and look. It was also, like, early aughts TV, so the, the it wasn't like it was in, like, 4K, you know. But, yeah. Okay. Just that interesting to me, that Muck Huckabee sticker never made it onto that SUV. Hmm. All right, that's all I got. Yeah. You know, re- one more reference. We got to end with one. It's the nanny and the sale. Oh, yeah. They're waiting to get into the sale, and it's Fran and Mag- Gracie. Yeah, and Gracie. Yeah, the little one. Ooh, the little one. Um, so they're talking about, and there's all these people that are trying to like push forward, and it's this big thing of like. <laughs> she says, Watch your nose. <laughs> yeah, watch your nose. And she's like, why? And then they get smushed Smashed up against into the, the glass, glass door. That's what the beginning of the sale felt like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yep. And it was that. And there's this woman that's in a wheelchair that's like, excuse me, excuse me, trying to get in in front of them. And Gracie goes, oh, that, we- <laughs> that woman, go ahead. go ahead. Shouldn't we help that poor woman? Yeah. <laughs> And Fran makes a comment about how, like, at the last sale, she stood up front of her wheelchair and said, It's a miracle! And ran inside. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's a good episode. Yeah, that's how it felt. So, So, overall, I feel like we got some good action. Yeah, it was a pretty... You know, twice I I got three squares. One of them um, across. Mm -hmm. One of them is including the free space. And another one I got three, but no, no dice. I still have yet to get a fucking bingo. Yeah, I feel like there was, I was missing Joseph or JD speak. That would have gotten me. Um, I I picked the wrong board. You got (laughs) the board. It's fucking bullshit. If we count inappropriate attire for the way they sleep, which it happens all the time, so I don't think it counts. And we didn't actually see them, like, you know. Yeah, but if that would have gotten that one, that would have given me bingo. So, I got the good. You got the good board. God damn it. (laughs) All righty. That's it. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Okay, so I need a little go back for a second. Okay. So Amy had said at the end of the video that Anna had made it clear that she doesn't want their help and that it's sad, right? Right. Which I agree. I think Anna is deep in it, like (laughs) deep. And I think she is ticked at the world as uh mm-hmm. as Famey said and i agree that it's sad i think anna is angry at all the wrong people you okay. know like that i you know and um i don't think she wants help from anyone right now i think she's mm-hmm. fucking pissed i think she's deep in denial and you know just deep in all of it mm. mad at the wrong people um yeah i don't think she's interested in anybody's help but it's 
So there's definitely parts of what Amy said said or has said in the past where it's like there's there's truth in like some of the things that she said. It's not that I always disagree with everything she says. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think she is mad and I think that it mm-hmm. is sad, you know. But again, it's the delivery and the pattern of behavior, you know, mm-hmm. like behind it all. I just kept thinking about it really just to me boils down to Amy. Ha- she lacks such self-awareness <laughs> that like even I like she just can't see that even if Anna did want help. She would be the last fucking person in the line. Like, mm-hmm. and I just don't think she sees that at all. Like, I don't think she yeah. gets it. It's like, why would she choose you? You know, finally, if she comes out of this, whatever, and finally decides to reach out to someone and accept some sort of help, why would she choose the person who runs her mouth and runs to the media at fucking every opportunity possible? Mm-hmm. But so that's why I just think it's so comical or just like cringy watching like these types of things where i'm like you never shut she never shuts up shuts up about it you don't even probably know the half of it but like every other opportunity it's like yep i reached out to her i've emailed her i've done it like she's constantly telling the media and stuff like i i've tried i've tried i talked to her oh i did this i i sent her a text i sent her an email i tried twitter Mm -hmm. i tried whatever it's like just do you think that's you're the person that's like she's gonna respond to that over the people who have actually been quiet maybe Mm -hmm. i don't know i just I just keep thinking about how it's like she just doesn't get it. Well, it's also just because you can't see outside of you and and what you exist in this situation as. So I don't even think it comes to her head that like maybe it's just you're not the one that she wants help from. Yeah. Maybe maybe with other people it's different, but I don't think that's even a thought process. You know what I mean? And again, I'm not saying that this didn't have an effect on her and she can't have feelings about it, but like you're running your mouth more than fucking anyone. And then it's always like, I will always stand up for children. It's like, Oh fucking get off it already. Like this ain't the way. Yeah. She makes herself a victim when nobody wants help from her, even though it's her that's probably being off putting, like extremely off putting. Mm hmm. And it's like, this isn't helping Anna want to reach out to anyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think she wouldn't anyway. But I'm mm-hmm. p- kind of putting that aside for this argument's sake of just like, that doesn't help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And actually, just a little added detail that I thought I would throw in just so people understand. Kind of, because we were just talking about his um, appeal being denied. And you, you know how this was at a funeral, I was saying? Mm-hmm. It all kind of ties back in. Um, So, unfortunately, the person that passed away was um someone the family like you know the whole family knew mm. so this she passed away of cancer and that the the one who passed like her sister was in Famie's wedding I think i think even like her maid of honor or something okay and like even like jill was posting about her passing of this you know and like she mm. knew her and like they're all like running but the part that just makes it more interesting is that the one who passed and then also who, you know, sisters, friends with Famie, their brother it was on Josh's legal team. Oh, interesting. So he wasn't the lead lawyer. In fact, he, he doesn't do criminal law. He's normally mm-hmm. like um like LLCs, estates, like <laughs> things like that. Yeah. He's like the family lawyer because they're constantly fucking buying shit, swapping things. Mm-hmm. In fact, when shit was going down with Josh initially with like all of the legal stuff one of his properties got transferred to this guy's name. 
Oh wow. His name is Travis Story. Mm-hmm. Um so anyways, so he's like normal he's like their he's on all their fucking paperwork for all this yeah. shit. He's like their normal family lawyer for this stuff. They just kind of added him added him on the mm-hmm. team, but he wasn't like lead counsel or you know, or okay. like whatever. But um I figured since we were just talking about his appeal, I was like, Oh, let's just tie that all up in a ribbon just so everybody kind of understands so it is interesting to think like jill being friends with like the sister still and like the brothers on josh's legal it's just like it's all very interesting (laughs) intertwiny yes okay i can actually start digging i almost said diving i caught myself start digging that would have been a tragedy a tra it's a tragedy all right, so you know how sometimes I like to tell the winding ways in which I arrive at dig topics? Well, today's dig was inspired by the Barbie movie. Great movie, which by the way. We both loved. Incredible. Tim happened to be off that day, so we got to see it the day it came out. Mm-hmm. My first time in movie theater, probably like seven, eight years. Oh, yeah. I- when I was off, when Whitney was working and I was off randomly in the middle of the week, I used to go to the movie alone all the time. Because I used to watch like Marvel movies and like shit that you don't care about. Yeah, so, so I'd be at work and he'd be like, I'm going to the movie in the middle of the going day. Going to the movies, <laughs> yeah. So I'd go to the movie at like 10.45 when it was the first. There was nobody in there but me. It was awesome. Um, and then I haven't really gone. I think I've gone once in a while. So Just to put into perspective how long it's been since I've been in a movie theater, this will gauge it. I bought them you know, online ahead of time and I got like our seat assignments. And then I said to Tim, I was like, wait a minute. But, like, the people who just, like, walk up and buy, I'm like, will somebody, be, like, be sitting in our seats? And he's like, no, everybody picks our seats now. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how long it's been. Mm-hmm. I'm used to the fact that I would go to the theater. Just general admission. And, it was just, yeah. and I was like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? I guess I haven't been to the movies in a long time. Yeah. Because they have, like, our local movie theater has, like, a two-sided tablet kind of, like, spinny thing. So it's like when you come and you tell them what movie you want, they're like, what seats would you like? And on your side of the tablet, it pops up like a like a map that has like little code for what seats they are. So I am not hip with the movie no. scene. No. Um. Anyways, so we both loved the movie, thought it was hilarious, thought it was smart, had it, liked the messaging and everything like mm-hmm. that, loved the details. The outfits. The, I loved the fact that they. It reminded me of the Lego movie, where like all the little parts had like the actual real Lego part number, and I love that they were pulling like Barbies out of the past. And then when she, when she's throwing all the clothes, each outfit pops up and it says what outfit it is. Like, yeah, that was cool. Tim and I, I both really that. loved when she's going to get back in the box. The big twisty ties, Hell the yeah. giant twisty ties around <laughs> yeah. her. And then I pointed out, and Tim didn't notice it, but one of my favorite things is that, like, whenever you braided your Barbie's hair, her hair looked fine, like, in proportion when it was, like, down and flowing, but mm-hmm. the second you braided that bitch, it was huge and out of proportion. <laughs> um, and I love that they made her braid like fat like really like big now they could have gone even bigger but like they kept it kind of in the middle where it's like (laughs) they they did a nod to it but it wasn't Mm -hmm. like crazy the way it could have been but i'm like i love her fat braid like just like little (laughs) things like that so there's the point where she's having her existential crisis and she sits down where you'd put the barbie's legs up and sit it down and i thought it was hilarious that when she laid on her side 
her legs were still apart like a Barbie would be on its <laughs> yeah. side. Um, I love, and that, that scene is like the perfect, I love how it's in every meme now where it's like having to do anything <laughs> yeah. like in your life. Like, yeah, we both obviously being huge fans of SNL love um, the weird Barbie. I mean, she's perfect for it. She did it so well. And I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but, uh, that Mattel is actually releasing a yeah, weird so, Barbie know, with like so the good. hair and the marker uh, on the face. Yeah. So anyways, as you can tell, we loved it. It was great. <laughs> um, and unless you've been living under a rock, you've seen how the movie has been controversial amongst the conservative and the conservative Christian crowds. Mm-hmm. I separate those into two crowds because... Mm-hmm. Both very different. <laughs> yeah. They're... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, calling for boycotts of it and deeming it demonic, mm-hmm. which, um, sidestep for a second. I just can't stand the deeming of anything that you don't like is, like, demonic and satanic. Evil. I hate that shit. I know a person that's, oh, yeah. oh, I could talk. Maybe there'll be a pickle sometime about this one person, like, always calls everything evil, drives it's, me yep. insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like it's, like, lazy almost. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's not, I'm like, you're not even being interesting. Like, can you, like, Ex- explain yourself but it's just like it's just evil, evil but yeah. yeah i just try a little harder come up with yeah. something um anyway so all of this barbie movie stuff got me thinking about like fundy and evangelical christians and their views on various toys in general mm-hmm. so that's where we're digging today okay so since barbie got this all started it only seemed right to cover her first now, I know that Barbie has had several other controversies over the years, including her body contributing to unrealistic and dangerous beauty standards and mm-hmm. things like that. But, but for today, we are focusing solely on the complaints and controversies that are through like the Christian lens. Okay. Keeping it, trying to keep it streamed, you know, like yeah. a little bit. So let's start off with taking it back to just about a year ago in May of 2022. When a Christian singer, I guess author, wannabe influencer, made headlines with one of her posts, and in the post, she warned people of the Breathe With Me Barbie, a Barbie that has extra joints and flexibility for various poses and the ability to sit in a cross-legged position, which, of course, Barbie cannot normally do. Interesting. (laughs) Um, And a button that takes you through guided meditation with lights. But here's what she had to say about it. Oh, God. Yoga Barbie is at Target on the shelf. Satan always comes as appearing innocent. He will never come with horns and a pitchfork. This Barbie has five guided meditations. Remember, yoga is Hinduism. You cannot separate the poses from the religion. Each pose is designed to invoke a Hindu deity in the spirit realm. I have seen children get possessed by demons. This Barbie also teaches you deep breathing work. Her pet is also involved. Oh my God. Satan is after the children. He wants to use them and indoctrinate them for his glory. Then when he is done, he will destroy them. (laughs) The drama. As your kids grow, they will get rebellious, depressed, and many will be suicidal. You won't understand what's happening as a parent. God forbids all practices of Eastern religions as a Christian. You must remove all toys and clean your children's room of all demonic attachments. Deep breathing. (laughs) Gasp. (laughs) 
But I guess that wouldn't but be then allowed. exhale. <laughs> Just make sure you exhale after. You, oh, that's not allowed. It, it's, you need more something more shallow. A deep breath is no good. You can't gasp. So it talks about how your kids will grow depressed and rebellious. You know who else actually grows depressed and rebellious? Every person <laughs> as a teenager ever. Uh, just people, in, uh, you know, in general. I yeah. mean, yeah. Newsflash, it doesn't end when your teenage years are over. <laughs> Newsflash, this world makes it hard to not be. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, and again, just the with the calling everything demonic and satanic crap. I mean, just, they don't like it, it's satanic. Mm-hmm. She has a dog. She's breathing deeply. <laughs> I mean, Mildred takes offense to the first part. <laughs> She's like, don't get me started. So, now, I will say, she was largely roasted for this. <laughs> so, so much so that she ended up deleting it off Facebook. I So, it's like, she has kind of like a Facebook presence. I found her Instagram. Her Instagram has, like, barely any followers. Mm-hmm. And so, it's still on her Instagram. But she did delete it off her Facebook where she has, like, 20,000, 30,000 followers or something. Okay. But, it, I mean, it's too late. It already made the rounds. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. But, um, despite the roasting of... The general public, I guess. Mm. Um, of course, there was those who agreed and s- supported it and praised her, stating that they were happy that she was exposing the truth. They also love that thing. Everything is like a big expose. Yeah. Officer, not on my watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was that. Now, kind of like the Dolly Dig. Remember how I said I found the personal blogs more interesting when I was researching? Mm-hmm. Like, what people had to say about her faith. Well, I felt like this is the same kind of deal. I found a bunch of small blogs that... I feel like what they had to say is about Barbie is more... It's very interesting. It's more interesting than some of, like, the more generic things, like, in the headlines. Okay. Because these personal blogs get, like, deep and in detail. So, it's it's a ride. Okay. (laughs) So, here we go. Oh, man. So, I'm going to start off with... One of the more tame ones. And, you know, I'm just going to work my way through to the Batch more crazy ones. Intense, uh, I guess I'll call it. Okay. So this first is from the blog James and, or Jams and Pickles. And the post is titled To Barbie or Not to Barbie. And it was written in 2012. She tells the story of her son, then in second grade, coming up to her one day with a half naked Barbie. And then he said, I mean, apparently. Sometimes it's kind of like the, I'll take that for it never happened for 500, Alex. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, apparently he said, Mom, I don't think this is an appropriate toy. She says, quote, he had just had a very fatherly talk with my husband about what is appropriate and what is a poison worse than the black plague of de- death itself and should be avoided at all costs, lest it rot your mind like an unstoppable rebel force. Wow. Quite a conversation with a second grader. Somebody took a creative writing in class at their local community college. <laughs> that, uh, you know, rebel force that's worse than the black plague of death. <laughs> she says he was right and that 70% of the time, I mean, she's got this down to a, <laughs> down to a percentage, um, 70% of the time, Barbies are less than modest, which she does say is usually, you know, innocent in the fact that it's kind of attributed to Barbie's clothes being so small and tight and it's hard to for kids with like their hands and stuff to get the clothing back on. She's slutty. (laughs) 
Just say it. Just so, put it out there. That's why Barbie doesn't have clothes a lot of times because it's hard for the kids to dress her. <laughs> but even if the reasoning behind the nakedity um, is innocent, my word, not hers. This is me talking. <laughs> um, she made the decision to ban Barbies in their home, stating, quote, my daughters are surrounded by three young boys, hot blooded American boys who should not be put into tough, compromising spots every time they're rooting around the play r- playroom on a quest to find that one Lego piece to complete their set. She instead made the switch to only Hearts Club dolls, which I'd never heard of before. I had to look it up. Okay. And I guess they are more appropriate by her standards um, because they're girls, not women. Okay. AKA meaning their bodies are totally flat. <laughs> I mean, this is me saying it, not her. But okay. um, I looked them up and they have no lady lumps to get the, <laughs> the brothers all hot and bothered, you know. Their bodies are pillowy and soft in nature. So I guess her hot-blooded brothers will remain soft as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just, they have like that kind of floppy doll body. But then okay, they have yeah. a... They're weird. They're like a cross between a Barbie and a doll, like a regular doll. It's... They couldn't just go with Skipper. Yeah, right. <laughs> or Alan. <laughs> oh, Alan. Can I interject with the funny meme I sent you yesterday? Mm-hmm. Where it was somebody posting the story of the fact that Mattel's going to make the weird Barbie and sell it. And the response to it was, give us Alan, you cowards. I know. Well, I've had, I told, I showed Tim, I scrolled back in my photos from like two years ago. I have an, <laughs> an original Alan in his box mm-hmm. saved in my camera roll because I was like, I'm going to post this on my vintage page yeah. one day as like a like info <laughs> thing. And then I'm like, so in the movie, I'm like, it's Alan. <laughs> um, okay. So these only hearts club dolls, they also have a more modest wardrobe. And, you know, they're not old enough to drive, so, you know, no Corvette. <laughs> and um, they don't date, so no Ken. Mm. Okay. Which is just, like, and she's saying this as, like, oh, and this is great. They don't, they, they're not old enough to drive it, and they're not old enough to date. And it's, like, you, you realize you dictate that? Like, yeah. you could not buy the Corvette. Mm-hmm. You could also not buy the Ken. But I just think it's so funny that, like, she's putting so much weight into, like, what the creator, when it's like, you could just buy the fucking doll. Like, I mean, yeah. if and she's I, projecting yeah. what she has a problem with onto these things that aren't made with that in mind. Well, Barbie, I don't want my kids playing with a, a doll that can drive and date. Well, then don't fuck the fucking buy the car and the boy. <laughs> like, you know, like, it just is so crazy. I'm like, you're putting a lot on, like, yeah. The other things that, the things you have control of is what my point is, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, like, whatever. In the comment section, um, she was thanked for the example she was setting <laughs> and for the cold, hard facts. <laughs> I, I, nobody said it, she exposed in this one, so I was waiting for that. That's a, <laughs> that's a big one. But um, cold, hard facts, while another... You know, for I'm just co- you know covering a few, but another chimed in saying that they have permanently sewed on Barbie's clothes so that she'll never be naked. Wow! So can't have that. I, you know, maybe that's kind of like Lego. <laughs> we talked about his tidy ivories and his his cell phone belt clip. Um, maybe they're sewn on. 
That's true. The the belt clip makes yeah. sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's part of so his body. So never never leaves. I don't want to deal. You know. Yeah. Um, my question is though, are there really that many boys getting all hot and bothered over Barbie? Like, I don't care if they are. I'm just wondering. Is that really like a like a big giant problem? I mean, it wasn't for me, but I. I just it goes back to what we've talked about with IBLP where it's like instead of instead of teaching young boys to to not be shitty it's teaching them that like the women have to change for stuff you know what i mean yep and it boggles my mind it's like dress code things you know what i mean yeah so the next is from women in the scriptures and the post is titled the barbie dilemma and it was also written in 2011. And actually, this um, this writer is Mormon. Okay. She starts out by first stating over the course of two paragraphs or so how much she absolutely loved Barbie growing up. Okay. But as she was about to introduce Barbie to her two-year-old daughter, several things made her begin to question whether she should or not. One of those things actually happened to be a reader of hers sending the blog post I just mentioned right before this. <laughs> She ends up deciding that the main concern that she has with Barbie is that she is highly sexualized. Now, she does acknowledge that she doesn't think parents think they're giving their child a sexualized doll and that she doesn't think that children think they're playing with like a sexualized doll. But states, quote, Yet I know from years and years of playing with her that Barbie often gets played with in ways that aren't always appropriate. In fact, I remember quite early that my first lesson about the birds and the bees was taught to me by one of my little six-year-old friends when we were playing with Barbie and Ken. Everything about Barbie, from her wardrobe, her nude body, her relationship with Ken, and the lack of any other adult supervision in her world, (laughs) invites a little girl to fantasize. When it comes right down to one of the biggest appeals of my Barbie dolls were that they could wear all the clothes that I wasn't allowed to, they could do the things I wasn't supposed to do, and they could go places I couldn't, and be things I wasn't able to be. Barbie was a great creative and imaginative toy, but she often tempted my little girl heart to play with her in ways I know my mother wouldn't have been proud of. Interesting, right? So first of all, um, it's just interesting to me because, I, like, I think of myself, and I was a big Barbie. Oh man, I was a Barbie girl, but I just, I never needed to have a doll to still have an imagination about things that would freak my mom out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I literally just told this story to Tim very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I would play house alone. I was the youngest, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like if I didn't have anybody to play with, like, I played house alone where I just, you know, imagined everybody around me and like whatever. Mm -hmm. And man, I'm bringing up Chadwick's magazine again. I just brought it up a couple (laughs) episodes ago, but it's like the only magazine we got. Right. Um, I remember going through Chadwick's magazine and there was a picture in like in the underwear section, which to be, oh guys, this is Chadwick's. This ain't fucking... This ain't sexy, okay? <laughs> this is like women in full support bras and like granny panties. Like, but I remember flipping through and there was like a lady that I thought was so pretty. So I cut her out of the magazine. 
like a little like <laughs> little picture like I cut out a little square of her and it's fuzzy to me what exactly I was doing with it playing house like but I know it was supposed to be me mm-hmm. like because I was just like I want to be this pretty when I grow up mm-hmm. I want to look this pretty in underwear when I grow up <laughs> like that's you know that's what I was going through yeah. so I can't remember if I was just playing house and like I had a picture of myself in my underwear of what I imagined I was going to look like right, right. or if I was doing something with the picture while playing, you know what I mean? I'm not really yeah. sure. But all I know is that my mom caught me with it and she like took the picture and she was like, what is this? Like, and she was like freaking <laughs> out. And, you know, like in that moment, like I'm basically being shamed, right? Like, you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when she was looking at it and holding it, I saw that on the backside, there was like a flat lay picture of like an outfit. And I remember it was like a, it was like a ribbed, very nineties guys. It was like a ribbed. It looked like Fran Fine would wear it. She has one very similar ribbed lime green, like sweater with like a slight turtle, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and like, it was like a pair, like folded up pair of black pants. And, I saw that on the backside when she was like, what is this? And so then in all I could think of in the moment is I was like, no, it's the outfit. It's the outfit. So then I was like trying to like rip it from her hands and show her the outfit on the other side. But I told him it's hilarious because the cutout of the outfit is like off. Off center. Off center. Yeah. But like yeah. it's completely centered around the woman in her underwear. <laughs> but I was like, no, no, it's the outfit. Yeah. And um, all I know is like my mom ended up dropping it. But I know in that moment I fucking freaked her out. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, my point is, I never needed a doll to still imagine things. Right. But if I were to tell this story to that woman, she would then say that the magazine is a problem. You know what I'm Correct. saying? Yeah. So it's mm. like, in my case, it's the magazine, mm. my exposure to the magazine. In this case, it's the exposure to the Barbie. But the real problem, I mean, imagination is imagination. You don't need things to do it that's the whole point exactly (laughs) which i feel like the real issue is having an imagination and just they feel the need to stomp out anything that might aid in that Mm -hmm. that's personally what i feel like this boils down to like that's my interpretation okay they're gonna make it about the other things Mm -hmm. but it's like no no no, you can't be imagining like that Mm -hmm. it could be anything yeah like, yeah, it could absolutely be anything that makes you think blah, blah, blah. But so that's why in their head, it's like cut off all the things. Yeah. But in today's topic, it's Barbies. But mm-hmm. really, what it really means is everything. Anything mm-hmm. that might make you think. Yeah. Me looking at fucking magazines. Dirty magazines at Chadwick's. <laughs> we we also had the joke, too, like. And, and putting this out there, like, I love your mother. You're, we lived with her for a while. Her and I had a lot of really like good conversations about like important things, not important things. Like you know, I like your mom a lot. We were talking about what, why she was mad. So why do you think she was mad in that moment? I think that like that just like would like I just think it freaked her out to see like a six year old or like I was wondering she probably thought like am I attracted to this woman that was and, the like, joke yeah like mm-hmm. like she probably was like what is happening and here's the thing I think my, my mom is actually very accepting of oh of uh, a very, lot of like, things yes very I don't know how she would been back then 
she's a different person Very now than she was so. back then. And then also I was six years old and that was, <laughs> she was still married to my dad. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. factors. Um, it was 1996. You know, it's just a different, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, she probably was like, was like, is she gay? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Kate McKinnon, I have yeah. to tell this story. Mm, that's a good one. So my good friend, Brooke, that listens to the podcast, <laughs> I remember telling her this. So mm-hmm. it was um, it was when Kate McKinnon, or uh, what's her Barbie? The Weird, weird Barbie. Weird Barbie. I just blanked. Mm-hmm. Um, so Weird Barbie. But it was Kate McKinnon at like a thing for Ellen. And she was giving a speech. And she was talking about watching Ellen talking about coming like ellen coming out like mm-hmm. on her tv show back in the yeah. day remember how that was like groundbreaking and everything oh, like yeah. that and um she was like i was down in the basement you know how she talks like that <laughs> and she was like and i was in front of the mirror and i was like pumping my <laughs> she was like pumping weights mm-hmm. and like as <laughs> she was like and then i thought am i gay and then she's like <laughs> i was and I still am. And I still am. <laughs> and yeah. I, I was telling my friend Brooke at work that. And then like forever, because my friend is gay. And then for forever, we'd always just be like, am I gay? Am I gay? <laughs> <laughs> so it just came full circle because I think my mom oh. in that moment thought maybe I was gay. Oh, yeah. And then we were talking about Kate McKinnon. So. Yep. <laughs> it is very funny to think that I definitely think that was what your mom was like clutching her pearls about. Oh, yeah. Um. And she would not have that problem anymore. No, like every, even close. No. Uh, we always we always make the comment that like she still, you know, is like Mormon, but we were like she's very on a lot of social things. She's very accepting. Uh, well, the other thing that's really funny, another story. So continuation of Brooke. <laughs> so I also have a niece named Brooke. Mm. And my mom texts me one day. This is hilarious. So my mom knew my f- my friend Brooke from work. Mm-hmm. Like she'd met her multiple times. Um, and yeah, like I said, Brooke's gay. And so we, <laughs> my mom texts me one day and said, I have a question. Is Brooke gay? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, wow, nobody told me. Wow, I feel out of the loop. And I'm like, what is she getting all bent out? She's like, like, I was was really confused. I was so confused. And it took us several minutes for us to come to the understanding. She thought she was asking me about her niece, her (laughs) granddaughter. Yep. And I thought she was talking about my friend because she, like she had just it was seen her. it was bias. recent, yeah, you, and, but mm-hmm. also she'd seen her recently too. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. And I'm like, why are you getting? I'm like, did I need to make a fucking announcement? <laughs> like I was really confused. And it's all because you know how kids were like, it's it's all because my niece took pictures with her friends, like in like prom poses, mm-hmm. where like you've got. Like she had like her hands on like her like friend's they have, like, hips. Like the loose, yeah, yes. like the yeah, and like they were the in front of a mirror, poses. but like and like she put like her hands, and so I guess my mom was like, "Wow, I feel left out of the loop," and I'm oh like, my "Oh god. my god, mom!" <laughs> but also I'm like, "It's people could touch each other." But anyways, yeah, it's just funny. Sure. But she was like, "I'm fine. I just just wanted to know either way." <laughs> wow, I went way off. Yeah, off. now who's telling a bunch of stories? I'm sorry. Um. Where am I? Wow, you didn't even say it. Any hoozle? Yeah, you said when you're out. I know. When we're well, way it's because right now I'm. Tr- I was. Hoozle. I'm desperately trying to find where I am, and I can barely put two words together. Um. Okay, so that's my not my interpretation is okay. where I was at. Mm-hmm. I think it's imagination is a big problem, but right. we're just gonna 
piece by piece rail against one thing at a time. But really, mm-hmm. it's the imagination you use with the thing. Well, think about that. If you say I'm against this part or this is the part that, that scares me, right? How do you attack that? There's nothing you can attack because being like imagination is bad. It's like a concept. It's not like an actual thing. So it's a lot easier to say, look at this this one particular thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So um, she also said that Barbie teaches that how you dress determines your worth. That sexual appeal is what is valuable in a woman. And that a relationship with Ken is the most important thing. And that babies and family are afterthoughts. And that breasts are for appearance and not for function. Because her breasts have no nipples, so obviously there's no breastfeeding going on there, she says. And that shopping is the answer to all of life's woes. She's just not really a good role model, she says. Feels like a whole lot of credit given to a plastic doll. Agree. Obviously, we get influences from all over over the course of our lives. Mm-hmm. But this feels like a bit deep and heavy to me for a doll. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a really wide gap and lots of parenting between playing with this doll mm-hmm. and a child coming to, like, all those conclusions, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in between there. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's as direct as you're making that sound. No, not at all. It's not. She ends this post in what I find to be kind of sad, actually. She speaks again of how much... Um, She loved Barbie, but that now through a critical adult eye, she realizes she might not want her daughter playing playing with it, but basically how she feels, like, torn. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, what do you think? Like, you know, it was just very just like, I'm torn. Uh, This next blog, though, it's more intense. Okay. It's from Her High Calling, and the post is from 2019 called... Should Christian mothers let their girls play with Barbie dolls? The opening line is, is Barbie a good toy for young girls to play with? Can we clean her up, dust her off, dust off the worldliness, and make her wholesome? Oh, my goodness. She starts off by stating the secular objections to Barbie, saying, quote, Barbie has her enemies even among worldlings, <laughs> and references things like, you know, the body issue, mm-hmm. dumb blonde thing, oppression, mm-hmm. some of which she says she agrees with, but she says that those are the least of the problems. And then oh, says, quote, now let's look at why I believe Christians ought to stay far away from this devilish doll based on the word of God. Ooh, nice use of alliteration. Are you picking up on the vibe of why I said this one is more intense than the others? <laughs> Basically, first of all, she's pissed that there's no Christian Barbie. And out of the gate says that Mattel, quote, will honor the God of the Muslims, but not the God of the Bible. Which is in reference to a doll modeled after an Olympic fencer wearing a hijab. Oh, that's it? Yeah. (laughs) So she's just like. That is honoring the God of Muslims, but there's no Christian Barbie. Oh, my God. Um, so she says a lot. I mean, this is actually a very long post in general. She, but 
I'm just, I think there's one quote that sums up this section pretty well where I don't have to go into it too much more. Mm -hmm. She says, quote, Barbie is a strange woman and a feminist. She is diametrically opposed to true Christianity in every respect. No matter how many thousands of different Barbies they come up with, at the end of the day, there is only worldly Barbie. Because the makers of Barbie are against God. Oh. This one is dramatic. Very dramatic. (laughs) Her next beef is that Barbie doesn't glorify God. Oh, my God. But it's all said in question form, like this. Um, The question is, what is she teaching? Is she putting girls on the path to a virtuous womanhood and godliness? Does she ever quote the Bible? Does she ever glorify God? Which um, I always feel like writing where sentences after, like sentence after sentence, is a question, like in with a question mark. You're ranting. It fe- it feels so erratic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like calm your fuck, calm your tits. <laughs> and I guess if you have no nipples, nipples, please. But no, no, you'd want nipples because you want them to be functional, oh, not functional, just for appearance. Yeah. So you know, calm your your functional tits. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's kind of the same way Deanna yells with all of her exclamation points. I feel like they're. It's the same with like yeah. all the question marks. It's just you're like you're damn like mm-hmm. holy shit, calm down. So on that track of not glorifying God, she says, "quote When Barbie tries to teach any kind of character to kids through the movies or TV shows or whatever else, you'll never get any scriptural truth because that's what people are watching Barbie for." <laughs> well, yeah, you'll get a feel good, fuzzy, fluffy morality message with no sub- substance to it. It's not Christian. It's just more rehashed humanism that tries to make parents feel better about letting Barbie, the strange woman, train their, train their children up in the way of perversion and evil. There it she is. She doesn't ever even mention God or Jesus or even ever go to church. I mean, my least favorite part about the Cars movie was that they never mentioned the Lord, you know. <laughs> but after all... Why would she when she is in trouble with the Lord? It's the repeated strange woman that really cracks me up. Like, I know it's a biblical thing, but it doesn't make it any less funny to just hear strange woman repeatedly. It's like, she's really a strange woman. Um, Oh, and it just keeps on keeping. Here we go. Quote, she does not believe in or even acknowledge God. Her message is not the gospel. So who does Barbie believe in? Barbie believes in self. Self is all caps. So apparently, uh, toys are supposed to expressly state their belief in God. Who knew? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not me. I mean, that's the only reason I played with Legos. Oh. Because they glorify God, damn it. Because mm-hmm. he builds up to the kingdom of God? Well, yeah. Yeah. And they can't bend their elbows, so it always looks like they're putting their hands up in prayer. It's true. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> but my, you know, here's where my where my mind goes. Does okay. this only apply to toys that are of human likeness? That seems to be what the issue is. Like, is the rocking horse okay without stating his faith, or like, does he like need to get on that too? <laughs> like, but is that's it- why I made that's why I made the joke about cars. Yeah, you know, because they're cars, but they're anthropomorphic cars. Yeah. So why are they not glorifying God? I want to know what they say about the the set of like, is like the kinetic sand got something that has to say or you know like what's flome gak yeah you know 
So the next section is titled, um, what? I was just like, you know, we really got to get where My Little Pony stands on this, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I bet there's things to say about that. But you know what? I wonder if those pillowy soft one heart dolls have a faith statement on their box. Mm. Or should I check back on her blog and see if there's an erratic post about them as well? You know? There probably is. Hmm. So the next section is titled, Barbie was originally a whore. <laughs> and the first line... <laughs> Is again, Barbie is truly a strange woman. Oh, that man, ain't I've the heard fucking... yawn. I've heard this one before. I just think that is the the pot calling the kettle black if I ever fucking heard it. <laughs> Who's strange here? Isn't it in Friends where Phoebe's like, hello, kettle, this is Monica. You're black. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, so funny. Okay, so to understand this part, I'm going to give you a brief summary of the origin of Barbie. Okay. So Ruth Handler took notice that her daughter, Barbara, preferred mm-hmm. playing with paper dolls because it was really the only way to play with a doll in a more grown-up way. Mm-hmm. Everything up to that point was a baby doll. So you played right. like a caretaker role, but you couldn't really play beyond that. Mm-hmm. Very limited. So this planted the seed in Ruth. Um, that there was a gap in the market for a more adult doll as opposed to just like an infant. Mm-hmm. And even at the time of what they called fashion dolls, they were still just like baby dolls that had like better clothes. <laughs> so she was like, there wasn't <laughs> like, funny. you know, you know, there wasn't yeah. this grown up type thing. Which they did a really good job of that. Obviously parodying a scene from 2001, A Space Odyssey, but they did a really good job of explaining that that was the origin of Barbie in yeah. the movie, which was cool. While in Europe, Ruth came across the German Build Lily doll, which was based off a character Lily from a comic strip. Mm-hmm. In these comics, she is a very witty and seductive character. And the dolls, they, so they made a doll, you know, fashioned after this, and mm-hmm. they became sort of a novelty. They were sold in bars, tobacco kiosks, and adult toy stores, and were popular bachelor party gifts and like gag gifts and things. And like guys would hang them on their um like rear mirrors and stuff like that like in their cars and things like that okay so but not entirely surprising she also ended up becoming popular with children because she had outfits and accessories mm. like a house and furniture which made her exciting exactly what ruth was looking for right so ruth ended up modeling barbie after her mm. uh they look almost exactly the same <laughs> the <laughs> difference is she so she made barbie lighter like, the first Barbie is, like, very light, like, white, mm-hmm. white. She gave her more arched eyebrows. Okay. She rooted her hair so it looked a little different. Mm-hmm. And then um, she gave her toes. So those are, like, some of the huh. biggest differences. But really, when you look at them, they look the fucking same. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you know the origins a little bit, this next part will make more sense. She references an article that refers to Lily as a sex doll. Because of the fact that it was based off of this, you know, like, mm-hmm. whatever. And then says, quote, and that's what Barbie is, too. Barbie hasn't changed. Barbie is still Lily. Barbie has not repented of her whoredoms. Oh, my God. That Barbie is and always has been a whorish woman is a fact readily acknowledged by the world. Why don't we open our eyes? <laughs> I am learning all kinds of things today. Toys need to state their faith in God, like, mm-hmm. 
directly. Yep. And they need to repent. Yeah. Whatever sins they had in the past. Who knew? It's odd. <laughs> then she rails on about, you know, her body and how she has the proportions of a prostitute. Who seems obsessed with with body, Barbie or this lady? This like lady. that's how this feels like. Um and so she says that the sexual revolution made things that were once taboo now acceptable and Ick. that we've become desensitized to it. Yoder yoder. Like I mean she just goes on yeah. and on about like this yeah. you know type of stuff. But then says quote, when the young girl has to change her doll's clothes, she sees things akin to very crude pornography with the no genitalia like you know what I mean? like um she sees things she shouldn't have to think about suggestive things that rob innocency from her play she it sounds may like you're doing that <laughs> she may start comparing aspects aspects of herself to that and wanting to be like that or feeling she ought to be more like that it's sleazy and defiling but it's not just little girls who see barbie's bodiness what happens when Barbie loses a leg and daddy needs to fix her. What happens when Barbie is left on the floor half or totally undressed and brother walks by? Barbie defiles the whole family. Can we just talk about why this woman's husband wants to fuck a Barbie That's doll? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, are you seriously <laughs> suggesting that a man can't handle seeing a naked Barbie doll? I mean, I, mean, I don't think we should let boys play with like two balls at the same time because it could remind them of breasts you know I, I don't think it's a good thing i mean it's already a stretch that these little boys are just like not going to be able but but serious now we're bringing the father if a if a father can't if a grown man can't handle a barbie doll the problems are much much bigger than anything mattel <laughs> is selling <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's dumb. What happens when the dad might have to look at her naked entity? <laughs> what happens? Not minimizing any of this, but I have a reference that went through my head with this, and it was Drunk Uncle when he's talking about the green M&M. <laughs> that sexy green M&M. <laughs> There's a Christmas episode of a Drunk Uncle. And he was like, you know what I like about Christmas commercials? And he looks at the host and goes, that's a sexy green M&M lady. <laughs> uh, oh, and that's even before any of this M&M stuff. This was years ago. Yeah, this was a long time ago. <laughs> he's like, you know what I'm talking about. The he's host like, is no, like, like, I don't I know. Really don't. He's, all, he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So then she poses this. What if you buy Barbie secondhand? You don't pay them, you know, you're not giving your money to this company. You're saving the difference. What if she lives in a simple life, you know, like a simple life without a dream house or a convertible? She says, what if you have her in the drawer of a, like a nightstand instead? You know, simple life. What if you were to dress her modestly and wait for it? I'm ready. Put a doll sized Bible in her hand to which she says in parentheses. You'll have to make one. Mattel won't. And I got to just hold this up for just a fucking second here. <laughs> I don't buy this fucking bunk for a millisecond. This whole, oh, you, you know, you'd have to make one because they won't. Sorry, don't fucking buy it. Mm -hmm. If in theory, Mattel did make a Barbie Bible, you cannot convince me that she would be okay with it. Agree. 
she would be fucking outraged. Yep. It would turn into the word of God is not a toy. It's not a toy. It's something that's, serious. Yeah. You fucking know it would. Mm-hmm. So that's when I read stuff like this. It's like, no, no, no. You're just that. Per- you're the type of person addicted to outrage, mm-hmm. and you'll find it anywhere, Where any you way can. you can. Mm-hmm. It's oozing from every fucking sentence of this whole blog post. Oh, absolutely. But it's like, so you say that with like your little snarky, like <laughs> they won't make it, so you'll have to do it. You would never just be like, that's great. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. If they made a Barbie church, you wouldn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Like, that makes me mad where I'm just like, no, 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 no. Don't. Nobody's buying your fucking bullshit. Well, some people are buying it, unfortunately. <laughs> that's the problem. And I think from my side is like, if that is something that you feel that they are not filling that space with, propose that other manufacturers will do that if you feel like there is such a need for this you just want to rail about it and there it is you're not trying to enact any change you're not trying to do anything good you're trying to be mad yeah yep um so back to it so what if barbie you know lives a simple life dresses modest has a bible what if you even have her go to barbie church she asks well she says quote but what is she showing when she needs to change her outfit? No matter how much you try to make Barbie a good girl, in quotes, she's still a whore and designed to be one. <laughs> All it takes is a change of clothes to see that. And just try to find a makeup-free Barbie doll. They're all pre-painted up with bedroom eyes and lips. <laughs> Nothing you can do can change who and what Barbie is and was from her inception. No matter what you do to try to clean her up, you can't. It's it's like it's so dramatic. All of it, God. every fucking sentence, like every sentence after another, you're like it never lets up. Like no. it's just constant. And I'm telling you, I'm picking parts of it where I'm like, I could. This was really long. <laughs> so skipping over her sections on Barbie's body obsession and her apparent materialism, I'm now taking it to Barbie promotes pagan magic witchcraft. You know, they hate that. Um, of which the first line is, Barbie is a witch who is greatly into the world of magic and attempts to draw young girls there. The section itself, though, isn't all that interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's very basic of what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Mostly references Barbie, like the Barbie movies, mm-hmm. particularly the fairy ones, stating, quote, the whole wicked satanic lie of good magic, bad magic is taught in almost every Barbie movie. There is no such thing as good magic. It's all bad, and it's all of the devil. It invites satanic forces into the lives of children who start messing around with this after they get interested in the ideas of having magic powers. Wow. You know what? If there's any doll that we can accuse of being a witch, it's baby all gone, because I did not understand how the fuck those cherries disappeared off that spoon, and I did not understand about displacement of liquids, which let it look like she was drinking out of that little baby bottle. That that bitch Fucking was a witch. W- sorcery. <laughs> that bitch yeah. was a witch. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I hope, man, I'm going to leave a comment and be like, when are we going to talk about this? Uh, baby all gone. I'm going to be like, where? where is the expose on Baby All Gone? Please expose the truth. <laughs> More like Baby All Witch, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God, fucking sorcery. 
Me and Whitney were totally talking about that doll we've like been, two weeks ago. We've been ago. talking about all of this very recently. It's very funny. Oh, man. Damn. <laughs> so the next section is Barbie is a rebellious feminist. Man, seriously, like the first, so there's like the headings. The first lines of these sections are always fucking good as gold. They've been great, right? They've just been so entertaining. Well, they throw in the words that are going to trigger people right from the beginning because they guarantee you the demographic that this is pointed at would hear the word feminist and go, oh. <laughs> well, that's just the that's just the title. I'm about to give you like the the first line, which is where things really kick off. This one is great. It's. Barbie is a hellion of rebellion. Hey, I love a good rhyme. When are these people going to learn that if you want to make your point and you want me to be on your side, (laughs) you need to stop giving them fucking sweet ass nicknames. The agent. First the agent (laughs) and now the hellion of rebellion. Um, I'm never going to be on your side when you keep giving them fucking sweet ass names. (laughs) Um, can I reach out to Mattel and ask him when they're going to make the hellion rebellion, Barbie? Oh, I am... (laughs) We need to make merch. Hellion Rebellion <laughs> yes. stickers. Yep. And it's going to be like the Barbie head in some way. Oh, yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> it's going to be a baby all gone tied up at a, <laughs> tied up at a stake. <laughs> <sighs> so she says that Barbie's an astronaut, a surgeon, veterinarian, and more. Disgusting. And that she was on the forefront of uh, the career woman scene. Ick. <laughs> she says that she's run for president four times. And that all of this is directly against the prohibition of women from leading as found in the word of God. Wow. Oof. I, she didn't even talk about the Barbie Supreme Court that we saw in Barbie Land. <laughs> she would really get her panties twisted. <laughs> oh, man. We would never know they're sewn on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They never come off. Never. No. Showers are real bad. If you don't have, who needs to pee when you don't have genital? I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Um, she also says all willful prostitutes are feminists. And I mean, we covered this earlier. Barbie's a whore. We get it. <laughs> so, you know, if you're a willful prostitute, you're, of course, a feminist. Bad, bad, bad. All of the above. Doesn't the CEO of Mattel call Barbie a, a Jezebel in the movie yeah. when she won't get in the box? <laughs> that's what, the, that's what <laughs> I've been trying to think of what the word he yeah. calls her. <laughs> He's like, Just get in the box, Jezebel. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. Um, she also, she says that Barbie is a double defier of God's word because she defies God's word about the place of women in society while also defying God's word about modesty and humility because, you know, the whoredom, you know, leads to pride. <laughs> so, you know, it all, you know, it's tracking, right? What did she say? She's a day. She's a double what? A double. De- um, a double term? defier of God's word. When you said that, like the daily double thing from Jeopardy played in my the head. Daily double defiler. <laughs> she also says, and this is just gross, but maybe because of a lot of hardcore feminists tends towards androgyny and don't go for the makeup and toned female figures, they ridicule Barbie. But ultimately, the world and its feminists still love and buy Barbie for their children because she's of the world and the world loves its own. <laughs> It's just so fucking like pious, I think, like ugh, yeah. So... I think I think there's that air of superiority in a ugh, lot of things like of this, where it's like, well, this is confusing you. I obviously know it's really. Let going me break on. it down for you. Right. 
skipping over more things about Barbie's pride and being popular. I'm going to close this out on the idea of why she's, she says even giving a child a cleaned up version Barbie of Barbie is still very dangerous. Okay. I'm she ready. It, it won't work because Barbie is, quote, inextricably linked to evil by her very appearance, not to mention associations with worldliness. Yuck. And then gives the Bible verse, abstain from all appearance of evil. She says that some Christians, <laughs> some Christians may argue that Christ can redeem the most vile of sinners, so surely he can convert a doll. It's just so fascinating to me that to go in so deep mm-hmm. about a doll and how evil it is, and then also mention that there might be this like lineup of people arguing for the conversion of that doll. <sighs> Fucking wackadoodle. <laughs> But, you know, here we are. We're in this already. Mm. We're already in this, yeah. reading all of this. So I guess I can't really count it out. Like, it's definitely all in the realm of possibility. Yeah. So in response to this hypothetical lineup of Christians lobbying for Barbie's conversion, she says, quote, Yes, Christ can redeem the filthy sinner, the sinful soul of man. Christ does not redeem things that are innately evil of themselves. Things that are innately evil show themselves to be so and ought to be shunned by God-fearing people. So I just, I just want to throw this out there. Just spitballing, workshopping some stuff, you know? Okay. What if God can't redeem Barbie's filthy soul because she doesn't have a filthy soul? Jezebel. Because she's a doll. Because she's a doll. <laughs> Just a thought. Something to mull over. <laughs> you know? Uh, you have to think re- about. I always think in any sort of like narrative or movie, I always think about when things have fantastical elements, how the movie needs to do a good job of giving you suspension of disbelief. So you're not thinking about all the logical reasons why this doesn't work. And I feel like the equivalent of that in articles like this, like I said, is blasting them with words and concepts that are going to get their like chuff up like they're they're triggered really hard so they're gonna eat up whatever is in here because they're already like yep i'm on yes yep yep i'm on board yep you got me already yes 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 (laughs) but but isn't it funny that she came like prepared where she was just like oh well they might say that you can convert like people are really worried about the conversion of this doll like this doll could her sins can be Mm -hmm. You know, she can be forgiven of her sin. Like, there's all these people that are going to be. So she's like, but I came prepared. I have an answer. They're going to be lining up. She is innately evil. It's different. And I hope they are ready because she has a rebuttal. (laughs) I just think it's so funny that she put so much into this that she was just like, oh, you might say this, but nope, 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 nope. (laughs) I thought of it all. Oh, man. Um. I feel like I have to be done with this as far as like all the sections go. It, it kept going on, but I'm like, I have oh, to be I done. Oh, I believe it. But her conclusion paragraph is interesting because the tone changes. Okay. She reflects on how much she loved Barbie growing up, using every gift card she ever really got to mm. purchase Barbie items. She learned to sew clothes for her Barbie, made food out of clay, how she spent years with her sister bonding through um, hours and hours of play mm-hmm. and says quote without that playtime, we probably would not have had really much of a relationship at all 
us both being in public school and I have a lot of memories of playing with her that resonate deep within me, so I can understand how it can be hard to disconnect from those emotions and sentiments you might feel towards Barbie that are tied up in other emotions like love to your family members. It was hard for me at one point and didn't happen overnight. I'm not here to tear down good things like bonding with family members and spending time together. There are good things in them and of themselves to be cherished as a blessing of God. Noticeable tone change, right? Of course. I like, I don't know, maybe these fond memories of Barbie or have a calming effect because it was a positive <laughs> thing in your life. Yeah. Another thing to think about. Mm-hmm. But despite those warm memories and feelings, she says, quote, my desire is to spare other girls of having Barbie help lead them down the wrong path and to caution those who might attempt to allow Barbie into their house after cleaning her up about the dangers of doing so. Not because I just have a grudge to grind against Barbie. In my flesh, in my old sinful nature, I still love Barbie. Her final line, though, of the entire post flips back. (laughs) And she says, I pray that you please keep this wicked witch out of your homes. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, oh, I'm like, we went too long without having too many. (laughs) Yeah, you were angry. Go ahead. Keep this wicked witch out of your homes and protect the girls in your life from her influences. Shun her and give your children wholesome toys instead. I have a question. Yes. So if this woman's parents let this Jezebel (laughs) into their home. (laughs) And she, that was, she's now saying that that's bad. She's bad. Because she grew up that way. So I'm trying to figure out like where that logic stands. But she figured it all out. Oh, you know, that's she, what she has the She's ticket. got it. So Wake she's up, just like. sheeple. Yeah, it, it's that. She's mm-hmm. just like, I know you guys don't. Yeah, wake up, sheeple. Yep. Barbies are Jezebels. Mm-hmm. And the comment section. Oh, man. I didn't even oh, write that. I didn't even write mind. it for this one. There is, there's seriously like one person that re- that goes back and forth with her about like every little thing they come across. Like, they're just God. like, what What do you think about this? I'm like, oh, man, they're using her as, like, an authority. Mm-hmm. They're like, what do you think of this show? What do you think of that? And they go, oh, it's honestly concerning. Like, and then she's going to eat it up because she's like, mm, they just, they're coming to me for my well, expertise. And at one point, like, she, like, writes, like, I'm, I've been praying about how to respond to you. I don't understand why you're still having this. Like, basically, like, I don't understand why you're still having trouble with this. Because it was them trying to give up some TV show. Okay. I don't know. A show I've never heard of, but I guess it was maybe it was on PBS or something. I don't know. Mm. But is she Was it Wishbone? <laughs> Tell me the truth. Dude, Wishbone. Don't even get me started. We're gonna go on a whole other <laughs> I should have said Wishbone, no, I guess. I fucking love Wishbone. I still have my stuffed Sherlock Holmes to this day. <laughs> I will not go off on a tangent though. What's we'll talk the about story? Wishbone at the end. What's the story, Wishbone? <laughs> I do think it's worth a look. Um does kind of seem familiar, like a story from a book. <laughs> Anyways. Moving on. Something from, yeah, but I'm just, it was very concerning. I was just like, oh, and then there's like the people that are like, again, with just the same shit. You're speaking the truth and blah, 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 oh, blah. Yeah. I always knew Barbie was what, oh, and another, another very Bill Gothard-like. 
very yeah. IBLP. Like where a person was like, my daughter's into Barbies and has been asked. And so we got her one and I haven't been sleeping well. And it must be because we have the Barbie in the home. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's well, like, it's very IBLP. Well, I was going to say, I mean, the. The problem is the weird sexual tension between the doll and the and dad. The, the, yeah, like, I mean, get I her mean, out of your house. Do you, you have the other woman in your home, <laughs> in your home, naked under there, yeah. with her appearance-only breasts. <laughs> you know, I heard, under those expensive clothes that they sell, she's naked. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. But um, and then she went on to say that like her daughter asked for a Barbie birthday party and she's like, now that I've read, thank you, now that I've read this, I will get rid of the Barbie and we will not have the Barbie party. Like, it's just like, it's, but it's like you read this stuff and you're like, no, there really aren't people who like just eat this shit up from fucking nobody in fucking, I don't know, (laughs) Idaho. Like, just like some fucking nobody. Yeah. This reminds me, and I don't, this was before like your era of SNL um, but it kind of reminds me of the church lady, because the whole thing about about the church yeah, lady is that everything is like Satan. Mm-hmm. And my favorite one was her talking about Christmas time, and it was about how they were like Santa, and she had a little like blackboard that had like letters that spelled out Santa, and she was talking about how like he answers your home without being invited, and it was all of these things that sound nefarious. And she goes hmm maybe it could be and she moves the letters around and she goes maybe it could be he's really satan (laughs) (laughs) so as you talked about all of these no wonder i love santa (laughs) no wonder i am like i am everything Uh, they hate you know like in a woman right and then i love santa it all makes sense (laughs) hmm could it be (laughs) i should in our santa hutch this year i should like put satan somewhere just see if someone catches it can I tell a really dumb story that's similar to that? Yeah. I was telling this story yesterday at work. It's why it's in my head. When we were in culinary school, when we were in pastry two, we had to make opera tort, which was a cake that the Paris opera used to serve after every performance out in the foyer. And it's like, what is it? Like almond, almond sponge. The cream has ganache on top. The sponge is like brushed with like coffee syrup, yeah. syrup, yeah. Uh-huh. So there's a, so it's this thing where it's like a coffee and chocolate like tort, and then they used to pipe on the top, opera. <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> so I thought it would be funny because I'm myself um, to pipe Oprah instead. See if the teacher noticed. <laughs> to see if the teacher would notice when I turned these like four pieces of tort in. That said, Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> and when I turned them in, the teacher was looking at him, and he didn't really respond at first. And I was like, oh, maybe he didn't notice. And then he stops, and he was like, I would have given you a bad grade on this. He goes, but they're actually really well done. <laughs> what teacher was oh, Mallet. Oh, was it Mallet? It was Professor Mallet, Chef Mallet. And, then it, and it had kind of been in my head because I loved Mad TV reruns at the time. And with Deborah Wilson playing Oprah, they had a little girl. And the little girl was always calling her a different name every time. So throughout the scene, she called her Opera, Orca, Okra. <laughs> like, it was always something different. So when they were like, we're making Opera Tort, that's what went through my head. You should have had one piece that was Okra. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Orca. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny. Oh, that's funny. Any hoozle. Um, 
let's see. Where am I? Oh, yeah. So I was talking about the comment section. Not good. Uh, <laughs> sum that up. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm just kind of closing her part out. I find it very sad, actually. Like, clearly mm -hmm. Barbie ha has warm feelings and memories for her. Mm -hmm. And it's sad to me to just take something that has such a positive mm -hmm. place in her childhood and feel the need to demonize it. Mm hmm which I say both literally and ironically, <laughs> like, you know, but like, yeah. but for real, it's, and it's just very sad to me. Like, yeah. I'm like, I honestly, like the same way she would be, feel sad for me. I feel sad for her. Like she, like, you know, if she were to hear this, she'd be like, I'll pray for you. And you're like, whatever. And I'm just like, Oh honey, I feel sad for you. Like, yeah. I think it's, there's, there's been a couple things on my social media feeds recently about like, the innocence and like light you have as a kid like in your head like what you have in your head of like your understanding of things is not clouded by angst or you know yeah it just you, is yeah it it's how you interpret it and without a lot of the baggage that adults carry because you experience things as you grow up you know what i mean yeah um and i think that's the sad part for me is that this woman obviously at a point in her life was able to look at things through that innocent lens, which is how it was intended. It's a doll yes. that wears pretty clothes and has a bunch of jobs. Like, if, like she, that's if, what it is. if she wants them can date Ken if she wants to or not. Right. If she wants the car to drive, you know, cool or not. Yeah. These are all optional, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the unfortunate part is this woman has obviously lost being able to see that, like, when you're playing with those things, you're not projecting all of this angst and anxiety and hatred and all these things that you're you're pushing on it. That is the adult lens. Yeah. you're Yeah. It's a doll with pretty clothes. Yep. And hair that you like with a with really a fat big, braid. With a really big fat braid. And I say braid. fat braid with an actual F, not a PH. <laughs> It's sad. It is. It's very sad. Be ready, Tim. I have a special little surprise for you. Man. We don't get to talk Catholicism in Diggs much at this point. Okay. We will down way down the road. Mm. But you threw um, me a communion wafer. Yep. Yep. Um. So I was thrilled to have some Catholic take on Barbie. <laughs> Catholics are obsessed with witchcraft, too, so... This doesn't even get into that ironically. Damn, no. okay. They've obviously um, never seen Baby All Gone. <laughs> so this is from Catholic catholicreview.org. Okay. And the article is titled, Friend or Foe, Barbie Turns 50. So this was in uh, 2009. Mm -hmm. Skipping over a lot in this one. They give the history of Barbie, again, with the unrealistic body measurements, that kind of stuff. Like lots of, almost everything brings that up at some point or another. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get to what Jason Evert says. Evert is a Catholic lecturer who travels the country presenting on chastity. He says that girls are constantly bombarded with images of Barbie and Barbie wannabes. And that quote, they're told if they look like Barbie, they'll find love. Barbie is a product of the culture. She's just one of the millions of elements like MTV, magazine covers, and movies that are pushing girls away from modesty and dignity. I just want a side note. <laughs> the mention of T MTV and, like, these types of things always fucking cracks me up. 
it, it was such like the go-to thing to blame for a very long period of mm-hmm. time. Like these days, I think it's like the TikTok. The TikToks. Mm-hmm. But like for the longest time, it it was MTV. MTV was a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> it makes me think of Frosty Returns. <laughs> <laughs> I know people hate sequels, and I'm not saying it's 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 no original Frosty, but I think Frosty Returns it ain't bad. She loves it. Um, so bringing up John Goodman for the second time in an episode, mm-hmm. John Goodman voices Frosty. Mm-hmm. Young Elizabeth Moss is the main character. Yes, she is. But um, I I think back to <laughs> there's this one scene where the kids are in school and the teacher like falls asleep. Mm-hmm. And the kids are like getting rowdy about something. I don't know. They're yelling or something. And she and she wakes up and she's like, oh, "What do you think this is? MTV?" <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that. So it's like this is what it makes me think of. Like for the longest time, that was like early nineties. It was like ninety two when that, that came out. Was or something. The like, but it was like that was the thing. It was be like MTV. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. It's just and like years down the road, we're gonna hear TikTok and be like, "Remember when everybody was mm-hmm. blaming everything on the TikTok?" Yep. I blame the Facebooks myself. <laughs> the book face. The book face. Yep. So, anyways, you know that M- <laughs> that MTV. Oh. So now that he's done blaming that MTV, <laughs> we got to switch the focus back to you know blaming Babs. In his chastity talks um, to teens, Mister Everett often waves a Barbie doll sporting fishnet stockings, a short skirt, and a strapless top. Why is he touching that? How defrauding. Can we talk about the weird sexual tension between this guy and this fishnet Barbie? Mm-hmm. He says, quote, it's desensitizing to kids to play with toys that look like prostitutes. By the time they're in fourth grade, when it comes to buying an outfit, it doesn't strike them as anything out of the ordinary to buy something immodest. He warns teen girls that dressing like Barbie unknowingly, unknowingly um, attracts men who think that the body is the best thing about them think you're gonna find that in some any way i don't you know so his advice to parents is to not buy their children barbies but he does come with a solution oh okay quote give them a real icon of womanhood you can get action figures of the blessed virgin now in christian bookstores (laughs) push a button on her back and she recites the the magnificat Oh my gosh! Perfect substitution for Barbie. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> every you don't need a dream house because the inn is full. Um, <laughs> what a donkey cart! There's no Corvette. You don't here, need folks. a Corvette. You have a donkey. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's so funny. So there you go, Tim. You got thank some you represent- for including my you heritage. Got, you got some representation. We both got representation in yeah, this. There was a Mormon, true. and then there was. There was the Catholic. There was the drunk uncle. There, yeah. There was the green M M&M. and M. The sexy green M. There was Kate lady. McKinnon. Mm-hmm. There was Wishbone. We had a lot We've happening. We've been on an adventure today. <laughs> like an adventure, an as a- my niece would say. Adventure. An yep. adventure. Um. So here's the thing. You know how earlier I said we were going to talk about toys in general. Hmm. Well, that was the plan. Okay. <laughs> That was full me, fully my intention when I began writing this, which is why that was. <laughs> but um, Barbie was just supposed to be the opener That's... because of the fact that like that was my inspiration. That was going to be my opener. And then um, here we are, nine, 
typed pages later. <laughs> and I have an entire book that was supposed to be the, like, I thought was going to be the main part of this dig. Mm-hmm. That now um, we're not going to get to today because we're nine typed pages in. Because we fell down a Barbie hole. Yes. Um, Barbie took over. Just <laughs> like they warned us that she would. So, you know, here we are. They were they were right. They were right. Yep. So I can't possibly begin to cover this book today. So, yeah, today ended up being all about Barbie. <laughs> Definitely did not have that on my bingo board. I did not think I was going to have a strictly Barbie dig, but that's mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah. Basically, once I got to that one really wackadoodle blog i'm like i couldn't i couldn't just not you know what i mean i was just like well here we are and even then as i was writing it i really thought at some point this will end up being like in my head i'm like it'll be like four pages and then i'll spend like another six five six pages doing the nope you know what you should do you should find out which i'm assuming there's like an archaeologist barbie that has like a like that digs outfit you should put that on on Instagram and be like, spoiler of the dig. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> um, so basically, this is my way of saying, uh, stay tuned for a future dig about the book Turmoil in the Toy Box. <laughs> Coming soon to a podcast near you. Even the even the cover of that book is really dramatic. Oh, it's yeah. very funny. I showed it to him. I'm like, you have to see this. Yeah. Um, I, yeah I, the only thing I have is like, there's a thing in video games where if you make the protagonist not really distinct, because you have agency over that character in a game, game makers talk about how players project themselves onto that character when they're kind of vanilla. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then they're like, oh, now they imagine the the player as this character. I feel like there's a little bit of that with Barbie, and they allude to that in the movie where it's kind of like she had potential to be anything, and that's kind of what what they wanted young girls to understand is like you can be anything you want, like you know what I mean, yeah, um, and I loved that, I loved how they handled it, I loved um a lot of those conversations, like when that movie came out, there was a lot of posts that were like yo i went to see a, a fun romp about a toy i had as a kid and now i'm thinking about what it means to be human um i love the fact that they cast rhea perlman as as ruth ruth yeah. yeah like i thought she was good and from the little little tiny spoiler when they show her the first time i knew exactly yeah. who she was i had an yeah. inkling yeah yeah but i just yeah i thought it was good, and I think that's one of the the beauties of toys like that. I understand why it can be problematic with, um, you know, body image and stuff like that. A lot of this stuff is absolutely cockadoodle do, but like I understand that. But like that was the beauty of that. Looking at it through the innocence of a child and being like, "What can you be? Your potential is whatever you can imagine." Yeah, you know, and I I just think that's a good thing, and it sucks to see. It sucks to see people, especially that had that experience, trying to rob their kids Future and other gen- people. Future, the other generation. Like, you got to enjoy it, and then now other people can't because you say they shouldn't. Yeah. You loved it, but now mm-hmm. they... It, it kind of feels now like... now it's soiled. It's like, it's like Michelle 100%. having a normal fucking childhood, and then mm-hmm. now being like, no, it's the same shit. It's yeah. the same fucking thing. Yep, 100%. You got to enjoy wearing skirts and being a cheerleader and mm-hmm. going to public school and like, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, but then it's like, well, but not the same for your kids. It's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I just want to say that I'm told, you know, I'm on board with parents are able to choose whatever toys they want for their child. 100%. You do you. It's fun. You know, whatever. You, you, everybody has the ability to pick and choose and like whatever. There are certain things my mom didn't allow me to have. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly stuff that she just thought was stupid <laughs> or like a waste <laughs> of money or like, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. um, but to me, this isn't about just like simply picking and choosing. It's the mental gymnastics of it. Like mm-hmm. the inflation of everything. It's just, it's just the over the topness. Like, mm-hmm fine don't have your kid fucking play with barbies but like to like the rage inside particularly that one yeah over a fucking doll yeah like barbie is definitely living rent free in the dream house in that lady's <laughs> pet you know like rent free mm-hmm. like that took she's taken up a lot of real estate in your brain mm-hmm. a fucking doll yeah Get off it. You're wasting a lot of your life thinking so about over-sexualization of a doll yes. by your husband. It's crazy. And it's funny because she even ends it saying that the one that was really angry mm-hmm. um, was like, I'm not a mother. I'm not this. I'm not, I don't have children. And then I was like, whoa, you're really. So it wasn't really even like the other ones were like, at least like, I don't know if I want to give it to I'm like, you don't even, this isn't even a concern for you. Yeah. <laughs> like it was extra, extra, extra. And every way that one could be extra, it was extra. <laughs> I loved Barbie though, man. Damn, I was a Barbie girl. <laughs> In a Barbie world. I was. Um Yeah. I, I posted about this on my vintage page, so if people have been there, <laughs> they've probably seen this already. But uh I just got like I had my old hand me down Barbies for my sister. Mm-hmm. That their hair was real puffy, fuzzy, not good. Um so I and I didn't really have a lot of Barbie merchandise. Mm-hmm. So I had to get creative but I loved being creative. It was fun. So, like, I had one... You know those water games that were big in the 90s? Mm-hmm. Like, I had a big one that was Little Mermaid. That was always her big screen TV. Or every once in a while, it was her massive fish tank. Because you know how, like, ma- mansions, like... You oh, know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it was her TV. Uh, like a like a poofy powder f- poof. Mm-hmm. Like a white furry-ish one. Mm-hmm. That was always the rug of her bedroom. Okay. Fabulous, right? Oh, yeah. What else? Um... Yeah, those are just some of the things mm-hmm. that I always like had. And then when I was like six, I got the Barbie my, for my birthday. I got Barbie Kitchen. <laughs> Fucking made my life. And about a year ago, my mom was moving out of her house and I found it in the garage and I brought it home. So then after Tim and I saw the Barbie movie, I went and got that thing out mm-hmm. and I put it all together and I showed him. And oh, still love it. <laughs> I fucking love it. I love Barbie. And it had little pink, like mm-hmm. see through plates. Highlight of my life was when my mom let me make pancakes that were Barbie sized. <laughs> Nothing better, you know. There was so much. There was so much merchandise. They did a great job, and it was this. It was the same thing with boys' toys. That was how they got you. Was you bought a bunch of Ninja Turtles, and then you wanted the turtle van. It was the same thing. Um, but I do remember the weird stigma of being a boy and not wanting to go down the pink aisle. I think that's funny. Like yeah. I have I have memories of that at the Toys R Us that was by our house. Um and then if you've ever watched a series on Netflix that's called The Toys That Made Us, the Barbie episode is absolutely I don't know if I've seen that episode. We've it's watched that so show. Oh my good. god, now I have to watch it. 
Yeah, because oh, I, I watched it because I saw G.I. Joe and then Ninja Turtles, Turtles, and then I kind of fell down the hole. Now I gotta watch it. And the Barbie episode is so good. See, so the thing that, about- I shout that out. See, and actually, I'm really glad that I, like, I'm actually, I don't ever, I never really wanted the dream house, because I actually felt like it was too small. Like, you know, like- Damn. I know. <laughs> Bougie well, shit over here. Well, here's the thing. I I was telling Tim this recently. It's funny, because I felt like I always had to be covered. Like, it's like, in my in my head, I always had to give Barbie a roof. <laughs> so sometimes we had an old sewing machine that my mom put a like table you know that my mom put a, mm. a tablecloth over it was basically only big enough so i could sit there so i'd have to just like hold them but mm. i'd be under there and i'd be like gasping for every once in a while i come under the tablecloth i'm like <laughs> you know or whatever um another time it was under a bench that we had and then mm. another point it was under my bed with where i had the bed skirt so i would like have my body out but my head underneath the bed mm-hmm. and i would set her set up the house under there mm-hmm. But um, but I told Tim, I'm like, I just had this giant realization lately that that same year that I got Barbie Kitchen, my oldest sister, who had moved out and gotten married at that time, for my birthday, she gave me Vet Barbie. So it was Vet Barbie with her little mm. paw print pants <laughs> and her little, like, doctor, you know, coat, mm-hmm. a dog and cat and, like, whatever. I used her. She was who I mainly played with because i actually didn't have a lot of barbies i had my sister's hand-me-downs one ken and that was kind of it like i had like two barbies no skipper no no Um, alan we had one skipper we did have a skipper um or was she kelly huh (laughs) anyways um but so i always had the 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 old Barbie that was from the 70s, that was my mm. sister's, that had like the puffy bad hair. I made her be married to Ken. I wasn't interested. And then <laughs> I played Vet Barbie, who is the new hot Barbie that I had. Mm. And I told him, it didn't even occur to me until now as an adult, the way I always played it. And then I had one baby, like one little girl. Um, maybe she's named Kelly. I'm getting confused. But I always made her the daughter of Ken and... The puffy-haired one. Mm. And then my cool vet Barbie, I had her be the cool aunt that lived with them. Mm. So I told him, I'm like, so funny that as a kid, I played the cool aunt. And like, who am I now? See? You were realizing your potential and what your dream job was going to be. The cool aunt that loves cats? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just funny. I never even, never put two and two together. And I was like, I was living out Mm -hmm. my life. Yep. (laughs) See, proving my point. You can be anything you want. <laughs> I did it, damn it. <laughs> oh man. Fa- how did it like how did we who knew like a Barbie episode? I gotta tell you, so on I have I'm now up to 137 or 38 dig topics. Barbie was not one. So here we are. <laughs> here, but here we are. She was damn it, I thought it was gonna be like this short opener, and then it just That's very funny. So yep. The movie's the movie's awesome though, absolutely awesome. I, I want to see it again before it's out of theaters. Like mm-hmm. it's so good. And there's been two funny things going around. One of them was which Ken do you think is better? Because the Ken from Toy Story was real good. Oh yeah, real good when he was av- when he was modeling all of his outfits when he was in the house. Like yeah, all of that. Like that Ken is amazing. Both Kens are enough for me. They are enough. <laughs> Um, 
stupid little things that made me crack up like i love when she gets into the real world and she they're skating and she was like oh basically she says something along the lines of like there's a lot of guys around you know or like whatever <laughs> and then she was like oh great a construction site what better place for to, like basically like girl like, power i know there's like, gonna be girls there and when she shows up and there's a bunch of like guy construction she's like what's going on but it's just yeah. like in barbie land because women do all that stuff she's like yeah. oh great a construction site <laughs> love it yeah there's so much uh, last thing i'll gush about in that movie is the fact that the there's no water it was all the things of like at the end of it <laughs> you remember <laughs> it's the it's the that there's no liquid um so when she's drinking in the real world she's like i'm not used to there being anything in there um and so then she when, splashes it all like she dumps it on herself yep and then when she wakes up and she's up in her room and then because you're playing it she doesn't walk downstairs like you just kind of like float her off the roof onto the ground <laughs> which is I, exactly how yep. it happens oh man there were so many little things like that that i absolutely yeah love. just all the little details i just crack it and i don't know if you, again to me this is kind of like the whole braid <laughs> thing where they didn't go as big as they could have but they still did like a nod to it mm-hmm. when she's when they're dancing for girls night and she's wearing that jumpsuit with the sequins did you notice how the sequins is big <laughs> yeah so, yeah i didn't and, notice and that, that's yeah. another thing that they could have gone even bigger but that was yeah. the thing when you had like a sequins barbie thing it's out mm-hmm. of purport like you know like the proportions are off <laughs> yeah so i'm like even the sequins are big. like i just love <laughs> stuff like that so yeah. it was really i good. was a barbie girl <laughs> all right is that all we got i think that's it all right well Feel free to buy us a pickle or a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash digging up the dug. We've had a lot of really good comments in there and a lot of new new folks with servants' hearts. We just so. posted a, another episode a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. The saga, continuing the saga of uh, Whitney's job. Yep. So we're we're on that one. There's some good stuff. I, we're very... four hours in on that. By the way, this episode was two hours, and we had done yeah. two other one-hour episodes. Yep. And I will, just a random side note for uh, our folks with Servant's Hearts, whenever we do post those kind of like bonus pickles that we that we put on there, the time, the length of audio file it's that we put on there up. is not what gets put. So when it says that our posts are two and a half hours long, they're not. So I just want to point that out that like I looked on there and I'm like, this one says it's almost three hours. It's not that long. But it doesn't even make sense. One time it said an hour and 62 minutes. There's something wrong with the system. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, that doesn't even exist. Yeah. So that's just a little disclaimer there. But uh, feel free to send us a message at diggingupthedougars uh, at Gmail. Uh, there's too many Ds in digging up the duggers. Diggingupthedougars at gmail.com. Enjoy our episode visuals and barbie slash mildred related content um at digging up the duggar's pot on instagram and we do have a p.o box p.o box 5973 glendale arizona 85312 i feel like when you post visuals for this episode i feel like i feel like there's gonna be a lot i feel like there's gonna be a lot and i feel like the barbie talk is gonna be real and i and i feel like we got like all the clips we could do (laughs) oh yeah kate mckinnon green m&m i don't know we got lots (laughs) it's gonna be a good one Bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie.